Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today, we are covering Digimon Adventure Original Story, two and a half year break, uh, September 2001, Mimi Tachikawa video mail, uh, a, a reenactment. I will be playing the role of Mimi Tachikawa. My co-hosts will be playing uh, mortified co-hosts who are going to leave this podcast after this. Oh yeah, because we're, we're recording this on a very special day. This is the um, the fourth anniversary. This is the fifteenth anniversary of Lego Star Wars Two releasing in the United and States. It's the, uh, so. And it's the fourth anniversary <laughs> of Ted Cruz jacking into incest porn. Oh god! I I feel like he's probably done it more regularly than than that day, more recently rather than that day. So we can't say we yes, can't say that for is, sure. This is the gotcha day, though. This is the the day that's important to remember. <laughs> Never forget. A day that will live forever in infamy. Mm, wish it wouldn't. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. but in actuality, anyway. we are covering episodes 26 and 27 of Digimon Tamers. Getting our uh, our start in the digital world. It's a little. The first episode's a little strange. I complete. I'm not gonna lie. I completely forgot about that episode. I didn't. I forgot about it being borderline watchable. <laughs> Or, I don't know. We'll get we'll get into it. <laughs> or I, I I didn't forget about it. I forgot that it was like right there. I should say, or right. like what little substance there was. But before that, we got big Digimon news. Yes, we have the first uh, big chunk of info for a Ghost game. Um, Konaka is confirmed not to be working on it, so that's a plus. So that's uh, not the news. PR... <laughs> That's, there was there was that's there was the better news, news. But it's it's <laughs> there's better news with that. Uh, we've got key art, uh, plot teaser. We've got characters and voice actors and voice actresses. Um, we got like the staff list thing. So I'm gonna go over some. So we're just sort of like the wider picture. If you both don't mind, go for it. Go ahead. Yeah. So the plot teaser is the story takes this. Is, and for the record, this is all courtesy of with the will, uh, Digimon like news yes. fan site. So the plot teaser is the story takes place a bit into the future where a new technology has been developed. On social networking sites, there circulate rumors of mysterious phenomenon of unknown origin called hologram ghosts. First year junior high school student Hiro Amanokawa activates a mysterious device left by his father known as a Digivice. When activated, he can see unknown creatures that ordinary people cannot see, Digimon. From the day he meets the Digimon Gamamon, Entrusted to him by his father, Hiro gets caught up in all kinds of bizarre phenomenon, such as the mouth-stitching man who steals human time and a mummy man who wanders around at night and kidnaps people. Hologram ghosts are right next to us and out to get us. From here on out comes a story of the other side of the world that no one knew. Together with Gammon and his friends, Hiro steps into the mysterious world where Digimon live. I oh, so it's love like this they live. <laughs> It's a... It's a... <laughs> You take sure. the glasses off. Yes. And this money says this is your god. Also, it's like edgy yokai watch, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I really dig it. Like, just the, I, the idea like of it. a description called the mouse stitching man who steals human time is rad. Sure. I, um, I really hope that's just Mummy Mon. Yeah, I really hope they just have Mummy Mon. Mon. Yeah, that'd be great. Like the, like the same one? <laughs> the same human disguise. Uh, oh, although I guess so, it does, oh, I really hope. I guess, or maybe he's just traded that in for being like a sneaky ghost person. So I, I love this premise. 
um, like it's a really, um, I feel like something that really stands out to me here, and, and this is maybe being a bit unfair to the more like recent original uh, Digimon series, but the the premise here immediately feels like it has actual like, you know, sort of stakes and tension to it. Whereas the Appmon stuff was kind of like, hey, what if what if cool monsters lived within your phone? And like the actual, I don't know, th- like this this feels more plot driven immediately. If you know yeah. what I mean, like maybe it'll be maybe no, I, we'll, maybe I, I, we'll watch it. It's like actually this is flat, but we'll wait and see. I think it, I think it's a promising premise. Yeah, I at least I don't know. It just seems cool because like I think we talked about it when it was first like announced and like like it was gonna be like sort of like I theorized like or like red theories too that like it was gonna be more around like cryptid stuff and like urban legends and i'm really getting that vibe like just from like this intro and i'm very excited about it like i after adventure 2020 like i think this is gonna be the fresh start that like the fresh kickstart that digimon really needs i hope it's good like i'll I'll wait and see i hope so too yeah wait and see what the first episode looks like because i don't think it 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 shouldn't be that far away at this point what with uh adventure 2020 coming like coming to a head pretty soon yeah so as the time of this recording um we're going to see a a trailer this week this weekend so like about like tonight slash tomorrow we'll be seeing the trailer as of this recording so uh the night of the 11th or the 12th so by the time this is up like we'll already know and we'll probably talk about it next week. And I think, if I'm reading it right, uh, the first episode will be up on October 3rd, which is very okay. close. And I'm uh, that's I can't wait. I want to talk about some of, like the uh, the staff info too. If you, if you both will let me regale you with um, some of this, because there's some some pretty big hitters here. I feel like go for it. So seri- the series composer is Mas- Masashi Shitsogo, who series composer for the first 200 episodes of Bleach. Um, Tokyo Mew Mew, uh, Prince of Tennis, uh, Fairy Tale, among others. Um, music by Ko Otani, who has done uh, Gundam Wing, Outlaw Star, Zatch Bell, a bunch of uh, Zoids, a bunch of other stuff. Wow! All the all the early two thousands bangers, like Zatch Bell's good. I'll I'll go to bat for Zatch Bell. I've never yeah, seen I Zatch mean, Bell, but I, Zatch... I I recognize the name, which yeah. is why I shouted it out. You should see Zatch Bell. I think you'd like it in particular. No, no hate to any of these, but um, yeah, no, I'm just it's just names that names I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> so, um, for yeah, for series directors, think... we have yes. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just about to bring this up. Um, I think the okay. most interesting, the most exciting, well, the most promising part of this for me uh, is definitely the they've got some talent from the original run of Digimon. Like when I say original, I'm talking yeah. about adventure to savers so that's that's yeah that's cool so one of the series directors is uh kimitoshi chioka who is the assistant director and storyboard artist and episode director for adventure zero to tamers frontier and savers also a series director for uh, for the first chunk of dragon ball super and we have masatao mitsuka who was the series director and episode director for adventure colon and the episode director for uh x ross wars i'm not going to call it cross wars it's x ross wars in my heart uh, they uh, also I worked on. That. No, I hate that more than Cross Wars. If you keep calling that, I'm, I'm gonna explode. That's Look, bad. it's they shouldn't spell it like that. Then they shouldn't spell it like that. They shouldn't spell well, it like that's that. That's not the name. Um, uh, character you design. You don't get to say that, you Italian. <laughs> what? 
What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Do you know how many letters are silent or, or pronounced strangely in, in, in Italian? Do you want me to say Ross Wars then? No, just say Cross Wars. That's what it's called. But it's no, but it's not. It's I mean, not spelled I mean, that technically, way. it's like because like Street Fighter Cross Tekken. It's not Street Fighter X Tekken. It's Street Fighter Cross yeah. Tekken. So by the same logic, Look. this should actually be called. It should actually be called Cross Ross Wars. So <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it's, I'm either gonna call it X Ross Wars or no, cr- Cross, cross Ross Wars. <laughs> At least call it Cross <laughs> Ross Wars. Is that gonna okay. think about freaking Ross Geller <laughs> eating the other friends? <laughs> I'm not gonna let my brain is broken. Where whenever I read uh, that, I I read X Ross Wars in my head, like that's how broken my brain is. Cross okay, we got um, sorry, we got character design okay. by Maruk, uh, Mariko Ito, who has done uh, a number of anime, including Log Horizon. Don't know what that is. Uh, Digimon design by Cho Shinozuka, who did artwork and animation for Adventure Colon, uh, Pretty Cure, and Dragon Ball. Um, art direction by Mai Ichioka, who did art for Adventure Colon, Pretty Cure, World Trigger, and more. And then art design by Toshiaki Amada, who did art design for Atmon and Adventure Colon. So, there's a pretty, uh, I guess, seasoned cast here. Or, not cast, but, um, well, the cast is also seasoned, but seasoned talent working on this. Yeah, Toei, lots of Toei regulars, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if Toei did, uh... Zach Bell, etc. But but yeah, like Dragon Ball, obviously, you know, they yeah. So yeah, I think it's a promising team. I hope it's good stuff, but and you never really know until you see it. So Yeah. Uh and obviously, you know, there's people in there who've worked on like yeah, Atmon and and Adventure Twenty Twenty, which I heard from a from a uh a nearby source isn't very good. <laughs> So, um, that that's us being uh, Sloan. So, um, you know, hopefully this is better. But I I get the feeling it probably will be. Yeah, my hopes we'll see. are um, raised. And then I want to go over the characters real quick, just because we get like our first uh, blurbs. And I won't go into the blurbs, but I do want to go into the voices because there's a a lot of familiar names from other Digimon and stuff, and I think it's pretty interesting. So the main character hero is played by Koshiro and Tri and Kazuna, which that's gonna be that's pretty neat, I think. Right, that's cool. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Gamamon, who is Hero's partner, is uh, played by the person who did Murray from various Digimon games, like uh, Cyber Sleuth and the like. Oh God, her right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that character. Um, we have for our girl of the group, uh, Ruri Tsukiyono, um, is played by the person who did Saucer from Attack on Titans, um, some other stuff I don't really recognize. I thought you were going to say Sasha from Psychonauts. <laughs> so oh, I, that would have been, that would be a I mean, really go- good, that would yeah. be so good. Maybe even the dub. We'll, we'll uh, wait for the dub. Yeah, even the dub. <laughs> uh, Angoramon is played by the voice actor who did Galmon and Savers. That's pretty cool. I like Galmon. Little MMA Shiba Inu. He's, I love Galmon's yeah. design. He's, he's, he's just a little guy. He's a little birthday boy. Uh, <laughs> so last character, Kiyoshiro Higashi Mitarai. That's a very long name. I'm sorry if I messed that up because I know I did. Uh, is played by who did Wizardmon and Adventure in Zero Two. And we have Jellymon played by the voice actress who played Offmon in, At- in Atmon. So there's a lot of Digimon talent in this. And I think I think that this just looks promising, like just from this first look alone of like who's in it, 
um, the the descriptions of the characters, the the people working on it, the description of the the show itself and the key art. Like I'm I'm looking forward to it. Do you think this will be standalone entirely, or do you think it will tie into any other previous series? And the reason I ask this is because of in the blurb they have the one thing about the digivice isn't something that's just magicked into their hands or whatever. It's something that they get from that they have it that their like dad has it in his study or whatever. So do you think that might be a character of that do you think that might be a character from somewhere else? Or and you think this might be tied into something else? Or do you reckon this is just like probably gonna go more down the path of like what Tamus is doing with like a one of the one of the protagonists dads is involved in Digimon stuff in the past or, or whatever, but it's all wise and related. Uh, what, what, what's your sort of gut feeling? I, I would like to have my cake way. and eat it too, if you don't mind. <laughs> I'm I'm going to assume the later just because, I mean, looking at it from like a literal standpoint, uh, the main characters here are Amanakawa, so as far as I know, there are no Digimon characters with that last name, so... Yeah, you know, names can change. It's, you know. I mean, yes, yeah, but that's, that, I mean, that's, again, that's just me, like, looking at it in the most literal sense, but I don't yeah, know, true, like, because I think just with the, the given concept of, like, Digimon essentially being hologram ghosts and cryptids, that it's just, it's just straight up, like, mm. you know, like, this is going to be just all brand new, and maybe the dad's going to be, like, a, like, he, he stars on one of those ghost reality shows, like, those ghost hunting shows. Oh, that'd be really it's... cool, actually. I hope that's I hope that's the case. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. Uh, I, I I think there's a lot of lot of room to play around with and do some cool stuff. So um, yeah, fingers crossed they fingers crossed they um, seize on that and you know have some cool stuff planned. Um, I feel like a broken record at this point, but yeah, I'm just really interested to see how this plays out. Um, so yeah, oh, I think well, it's brand well, new, so we'll I'm excited watching... for that alone. Yeah, we won't be watching this like weekly or whatever you know we'll get around to it in the podcast someday if we're still in going four but, years uh, which I, I don't see what i don't see why we won't be so yeah let's, we'll put, yeah four years or whatever but uh but yeah we'll i don't know we'll probably come up from time to time if we if we like it enough to actively watch and, and so on um yeah, so yeah. i'll be i'll probably and, be checking this yeah. out from day one i'm sure uh and then Last, last thing, uh, so all the, the hands in this key are, are various Digimon hands. Um, just for some note, we have like Red Vegemon, Diaboromon, um, I think Clockmon, uh, Mojiamon, Ogremon, I want to say, Okuomon, Abidramon. So we're going to get some familiar faces, and I'm, I'm interested to see how like they'll tie around the, uh, the whole urban legend ghost uh cryptid thing into this with like these various digimon like we know and love yeah yeah and that, that was that was another thing that kind of alienated me a bit from your cross wars and your and your atmon and stuff is that they just felt kind of fairly divorced from like previously already existing digimon stuff i know i know cross wars did eventually get into more stuff uh from the past and whatever uh very literally in the finale but the um yeah, I don't know. I I like I like it to feel part of like the broader universe whilst still having its own identity, which is like what Tamers does really well. What Savers seems like it does well. Uh, don't know about Frontier, but <laughs> you know I'm sure they probably do okay with that on that side of things, if nothing else. So yeah, I'm 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 excited to to sort of see 
something a bit more in that vein rather than just like the hint at uh, the presence of Diaboromon makes me very excited for this because statistically, this is a proven scientific fact. Every piece of Digimon media that involves Diaboromon is good. Not Adventure <laughs> 2020, but... That doesn't involve Diaboromon. Oh, wait, you're right. That's not Diaboromon. That's Algomon. I'm a, f- yeah. I'm a fraud. See, if it was Diaboromon, it would have been good. That's the reason it's not good. You're right. That's scientific true. proof. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so... Do we want to talk about some adventure? No, we don't want to talk about adventure. We talked about adventure a lot already. Um, do we want to talk about? <laughs> Did you want to hear this? Actually, we're talking about adventure today. That's that's the real twist. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, let's talk no. about some Digimon, some some Digimon Tamers. I'm. This first episode is an episode. Yes. This this entire episode is hinging on whether or not you've seen the. 1980s film The Princess Bride and how much you enjoyed a specific character in that film. Wait, what? <laughs> I have we'll, seen that film. We'll get to it. I saw so. that film like years ago and I remember nothing about it. There's the dude who said you killed my father. Um, The one guy, he kept switching the wine glasses. Andre we'll, the Giant was in it. We'll get to it. Just off the top. This is not, like, this is an episode that I probably if you don't, if you don't like this character from Princess Bride, you will hate this episode because this entire episode is just an extended bit. <laughs> okay. That explains That's, it all. Can't wait. So, episode 26, Kazu and Kenta's Excellent Adventure. Uh, I hope you don't mind if I take the uh, take the reins on this. Go for it. So, aired in September 30, 2001 in Japan, uh, February 9, 2002 in English. And it was written in English by Seth Walter, a Digimon veteran. Uh, Scrafty, do you happen to have any details on the writer or director in the sub? Yes. So this episode was directed by Takanori Kawada and written by Yoshio Urusawa. Okay, well, maybe the sub is better than the dub. Uh, I'm sure everyone, everyone involved did their best. I'll say that. So, the episode, this is a pretty simple episode overall, because last episode, as we saw, Kazu and Kenta got swept up by the data stream, and Rika and Renamon, they tried to help get them out of the way, but it was to no avail. They all get transported to, like, somewhere, like, they end up, like, falling down, like, a bottomless pit, basically. So, they fall, and they're all tired, and they sort of keep going, because it's like, okay, like, what are we going to do? Like, Rika has this weird moment of, like, not remembering they're in the digital world, or she, like, didn't notice, like, the giant earth in the sky. It's kind of weird. So they're sort of going along, and they see, like, some rocks, they see some trees that are all pointing one way, and whatnot, and they quickly discover that they're in a very windy, like, sandstormy area, because, again, the digital world is pretty barren, and just, it's not doing so great. It's pretty lifeless. So we we see some of those like little uh, like those trash data tumbleweeds, and then even worse than that, we see like pianos and refrigerators. Like it's very like Looney Tunes, very Acme style, like stuff flying and like straight up destroying pieces of data. Like a piano just crushes a rock type of thing. And the the group of four is just trying to get away from it, trying to get shelter because things aren't good. They find like a little village with some like towels on the roofs and they manage to get into one of the houses to discover our our lead our lead princess bride characters for the for the week for the day. 
Babamon and Gigimon, who are two old, an old married couple. They are like the quintessential like like sitcom like old married couple who fight all the time, but they still love each other type of thing. And the two of them welcome in the group until like the the wind dies down. And they give them a big old dinner, let them take a bath, let them rest until the next day. And so there's just a little bit of like oh like they're explaining like how when it's windy they don't go outside, so they fight they they fight for fun type of thing little bits here and there and so the next morning uh, Rika is like okay well we got to get going back to the real world which is very curious because she doesn't really mention like oh we got to go find the others or we got to go find Calamon she's just like let's let's get back home to earth basically and so she and Rinamon leave because they get the idea of using the towels on the houses to to build a kite like a hang glider kite thing to lift them up because of all the winds back onto like the higher ground that they were at before. But Kazu and Kento the night before, they had the idea of having Babamon and Gigimon be their partners. That way they could have really strong Digimon partners and be the best Digimon tamers type of thing. And so, of course, similar to how Leomon was with Jerry, Gigimon and Babamon are very confused. And it ends up leading with Kenta and Kazu becoming the Digimon. Kenta is Mega Mighty Kentamon, and Kazu is Black War Kazumon. So they end up like doing some fighting too, like for fun. Rika and Renamon come back and they're just like, what are you idiots doing type of thing? And so they manage to be like, oh, like, no, come on, we're leaving. And like, oh, yeah, okay, like, let's leave. And so they, they fly with their hang glider that is that Rika and Renamon made. Babamon and Digimon try to latch on because they don't want to abandon their their quote-unquote Digimon. But they they fall and basically fly into their house and die from the fall. And they it just sort of ends with them like flying away. And that's really it. This is a very like scarce episode. Yeah, this episode is just like, it just feels like an extended comedy skit. <laughs> or like something like that. And... But the comedy skit that doesn't really work. Yeah, the the jokes are bad. Uh, the delivery is really awkward. It feels like a lot of stuff get lo- get like lost in translation and probably wasn't even that funny to begin with. For the I'm here to audience, tell you it so, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> there are barely any like major major changes to the the script in this episode. It's mostly just like you know punching up the jokes a bit. But what I was alluding yeah. to before is that. This entire episode is a quote-unquote feature-length reference to the characters of Miracle Max and Valerie from the, the film The Princess Bride. I have no idea who those are. Uh, there's a character played by Billy Crystal in that movie. He's like okay. a medicine man. Okay. Oh, that's the impression. Right, okay. Yeah, so so the the Digimon and Babamon in this episode are played by Tom Fawn and Dorothy Elias Fawn, who are married in real life. So, oh, that's you know, cute. The novelty of casting a couple to play characters who are referenced to a couple in another movie whose actors were also married. Um, <laughs> that's, and yeah, they're, that's, they're like a, doing... that's like a very like like layered idea. That's, me- I dig that. that's pretty meta, let's say. Yeah, and they're, <laughs> yeah. They're, so, I mean, they're both doing impressions of the characters from Princess Bride, like the their their respective characters. Um, and like there are some lines in this episode that are like directly taken from Princess Bride, like um, about like. Gigimon uh, saying that they've been married for happily married for forty years, and then ten more years on top of that. Yeah, oh, that's, 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 that's just a line from Princess Bride. That's a good joke. Okay. Um. So I'm kind of disappointed to hear that. 
to be honest. But also, yeah, I, I was like, oh, hey, that makes like, a lot that's of sense. actually pretty funny. And now I'm just like, a, oh, that's why that's it's a good funny, aside. it was from something else. But I, 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 one thing I did like about this episode is, it, at least at least initially, because as it went on, it kind of grated a bit when it, it was clear it wasn't going anywhere. Um, was there like, you know, like, why do you guys fight all the time? And it's like, I, I enjoyed this stuff where, especially like that one moment for Renamon, which is like, maybe you will be like that when you're older. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the opportunities it presents for like, A, some good Renamon sass and B, like the kind of funny like disparity between Rika. Rika acts all tough and you know like she's carrying the world in the shoulders and simultaneously it's too it's too she's too good for it or what have you but like she's still like a little baby who doesn't understand why old married couple might might bicker from time to time so um that was kind yeah. of a cute thing um but it kind of just I think- yeah like I say it went nowhere in the end, so kind of a waste. I think my 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 favorite joke in the episode is one of the more understated ones, where it does the establishing shot of the outside of the house, and you hear Rika's voiceover being like, "Oh, is there anything better than a nice, comfy, warm bed?" And then it cuts to inside, and Renamon's sleeping on the rug, and she just goes, <laughs> "Like she just she just makes like a like a Marge Simpson noise because she has to sleep on the floor while Rika gets to bed." That's funny. Oh, that's the thought, like the notion that like Renamon now cares about that or what have you, is is like a bit out of character. <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, I think sure. it's just funny it's, that it's she funny. she grumbles because Rika's unintentionally rubbing rubbing it in and being like, "Oh, it's so nice to have a good, <laughs> comfy, warm bed." Yeah. Also, it's only it's only been like I don't know at night. <laughs> well, I guess it might be enough. <laughs> Again, she's a kid. She's a kid. Yeah. To complain. So- um, there were there were three jokes cut from the dub. Okay, let's hear them. Okay. So the first one's very early in the episode when Kenta and Kazu are sleeping. Um, in the in the dub, Rika just yells at them and they wake up. In the sub, she yells at them and they don't wake up. So she kicks uh, Kazu in the butt and he he rolls over and face plants on Kenta, causing them to accidentally kiss each other on the mouth. Yeah. What? I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's is that the joke? That's the joke. <laughs> The they, dudes, they, dudes be kissing? Yeah. Dudes be smooching, that's the joke. <laughs> Make sure you always kiss your bros on the lips to to, to wish them goodnight. To, to wake them up in the morning, because they, they both wake up and yell, and that's, that's how they get up. Wake your bros up with a nice kiss on the lips. You've got to cut that out, because it might, it, might, it might come across as them being gay for each other. Um, uh, you can leave the part in where they simultaneously have the exact same dream as one another. Um, that's probably fine. That's definitely no, definitely no undertones to that whatsoever. So, yeah, I, I was I, like, I, are I y'all having the same? <laughs> can't have the kitties back at home thinking that any of these characters are a gay. Yeah, yeah, that's you can't do that. Um, so yeah, that's that's the first joke that gets cut. The second is um, the the song that they sing in the bath in the in the Japanese version is an, an image song called Manly Spray, and we're just gonna leave that right there. <laughs> Well, they were in the bath, um, so... I'm gonna take know. a lap. Uh, anyone need anything? <laughs> I'm good. So we're we're almost there. Just bear with me for, for, for two more minutes. And then the, the, the final one is when Kenta and Kazu are being dressed up as their, their Digimon forms and they're are fighting with each other. Um, Digimon and Babamon are commanding them to use like their own attacks, like like Digimon and Babamon's attacks. And at one point, Babamon grabs her chest and says, Use Babamon's milk. <laughs> Ew. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm distraught. 
Yeah. Maybe this episode so, yeah, does just you're... suck. <laughs> I was going to go into this maybe being, trying to maybe hopefully be a bit more generous about it. Like, just sort of like, I, I know what they were going for. It just wasn't for me. Now I'm sort of just thinking, no, this was just bad from the start. and let's, Not, let's not for anyone. I think, like, legit... Yeah. You could you could cut out this episode and just say, in the next episode, the Kenta, Kazu, and Rika appear. Just be like, oh, this is where they got spat out. Is it this, this the place where they fly to on the kite? And it wouldn't make any difference. Yeah. This is, this is, is the, the first episode of, of Tamers that I would say is 100% filler. Because there's literally zero important stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, Though I it's kind of yeah. like... You remember how we talked about like the Vademon episode, and it's like, yeah, like it has uh like the ultimate evolution for Kabuterimon, but other than that, like you could kind of like just like erase it from like your viewing, and like you'd be mostly fine. This yeah. is like uh, that sort of like yeah. you could erase this from your viewing of Tamers, and like you'd be fine. Like you're not missing anything really. That that one that one should have been an important episode. Oh, sorry, that should have been a. a better episode because of the like plot significance it had in terms of like introducing the ultimate form or whatever but um but yeah it wasn't bad i mean this one this one's much more disposable thankfully and it's also not like yeah offensive <laughs> but um but you know it's it is just kind of unbearably unfunny um yeah yeah it's just it's so weird this is a weird nitpick for me to have but like the, the the dub writer South Walter went out of his way to make this entire episode a Princess Bride reference, including like taking lines wholesale from the movie, and yet he decided to name it after Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and not the Princess Bride in some way. Like this is well, like such a would, weird. Who would be the Princess Bride? Would it be Kazu or Kenta? No, don't call it the Princess Bride. Just call it something like similar or something. I don't know. Take a line from the movie and do that. Don't like. It's such a weird title for it because a there's no adventure. They're just sitting at home all day. And b it's, it's definitely not excellent. It, yeah, B is definitely not excellent, and C it's it's barely about Kenta and Kazu. Like they get like one fifteen minute part, and that's it. Eh, it, it, it. Well, yeah, I, I guess if you're gonna say who is this episode about, it's about Gigi Mon and, and Baba Mon. Um, but yeah, but um, and her. But yeah, milk. I don't know. They they could have they could have done um like a George, maybe they were gonna do like a George Carlin impression for Gigi Mon or something. <laughs> And then we're like, actually, no, never mind. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I thought the episode, I, I, I thought there was a, like a fun episode title at least. But then, yeah, they are, it doesn't doesn't actually mean anything. Uh, can you can you imagine um, a cut of this episode where um, Gigi Wan about Babylon or voiced by impressions of George Carlin and Joan Rivers or something? <laughs> no, George Carlin will be okay. Uh, Joan Rivers, no. Hard, hard pass. <laughs> hard pass on that. Um, I Isn't don't know. she also um, dead, though? Isn't that, like, part of the hard pass? I mean... I think George Collin was dead when this episode aired, or was probably... I mean, true. Used. I don't know what... Yeah, Joan Rivers died like, a few years back or something. Like, I don't know why, why I mentioned John Rivers specifically <laughs> and not George <laughs> Carlin, but... Yeah, yeah, also, I don't think it matters. <laughs> You know, there. I think there's yeah, already I mean, impressions of dead people in this show, <laughs> so that's probably fine. Hey, so I have a question for both of you. Go for it. So in the recap, Davis talks about how they're going to receive punctuation marks. Would you call that the Red Sea? The left on Red Sea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cause like they like red. Cause like in... you like R E A D. Yeah. <laughs> uh... 
But they also I mentioned have, the Red Sea I, in um in in Adventure Zero Two. I have something to ask you about the uh, Davis Davis um uh recap thingy in the next episode. So um, I'm glad you reminded me of that because I was I was I was taken aback. But uh, anyway, we'll get to that. Um, it's this, probably the same episode... thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's very obvious. Um, so this oh, I'm trying to think. How can re- so they're mega level, but is that just basically to say is that just basically because they're old, like or they they have the they have the look of old yes. people? It, yeah, I guess so. Because they're not obviously not strong. Yeah, like later lore implies that they're actually like old, decrepit versions of much stronger me- megas. Oh yeah, um, Gigi Mon's like an old version of Rosemon, I think, right? Uh, Babamon is, yeah. Yeah, Babamon, that's right. I look. I don't know names. I don't huh. know things. Yeah, like Babamon's got the same uh, necklace with the same orb that Rosemon has. So um, it's been widely speculated that uh, Babamon's like the the old lady um, endpoint of Rosemon. So then, what's uh, Gigi Mon then? I can't remember off the top of my head. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. I uh, while you do that, I want to like talk about my favorite uh, jokes. Uh, because there's the one where like Kazu rips on Kenta like for not being able to do a single pull up and like the physical thing and and phys ed, and it's like no offense, but what like middle school boy can do a pull up? Like why are you ragging on him for that? You probably can't oh, do a pull up, Kazu. It's, it's Picklemon. It's Picklemon. <laughs> he's, he's the old man version of Picklemon. Funniest thing I've ever seen. But he got wait. But you don't remember our own bit? Pick, Picklemon's Picklemon's tiny. Yeah, Picklemon. By the way, slow if you forgot. It's pick- Picklemon. No, it's Picklemon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, okay. All right. You, you, it's you know, fun- it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, P- Gigimon is bigger than Piximon. What happened? Um, like, the- <laughs> like it's Piximon. Hard, hard drugs. Yeah. Not okay, bigger right. because he did hard drugs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, makes sense. Seen, you know. You ever seen Elvis? I mean, like not, not in, in person. person. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, um, what do the, what do the staffs mean for Digimon and, uh, Babamon? Like, I, well, what, I mean, Babamon's staff is just a broom. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything other than, um, oh, rigid that's not gender the roles. Like, one, one of them has a staff <laughs> with, like, cleaning. what looks like, uh, Monzimon's paw on it. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, I think, I think it's just supposed to look like a kind of like a shaman staff, like a generic shaman staff. It's yeah, really hard yeah. to, like, get the the lore of these two Digimon because their names are literally just old man mon and old woman mon. So like that's, not such, a good, that's, that's okay. such a good like name. Like <laughs> my you right. might I guess peak Digimon naming is just like old man mon, old woman mon. I mean we'll we'll get to it next episode we've got Mudman Mon, so we'll 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 see. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't have much else to say about these two episodes. This this episode okay. even this episode is Princess very... Bride question. Is the is the holy cow joke like a thing in, in Princess Bride or something? Not to my memory, no. Because I, I thought that was a pretty decent joke. It's like, that I was an okay joke. Made holy cow. I was like, oh, that's good. I like that. That's that's a really stupid joke, but Yeah, it's a it's a stupid <laughs> I, joke I, I can it, appreciate. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, that that's that exactly. There there were a couple of moments like that in this episode. I think we've already said both of them. Like the um and one of them was a Princess Bride joke. Um, I did enjoy them. It's very, it's very soon after the holy cow joke, them saying, "Oh, let's have a grape juice toast." It's like, okay, yeah, this that kind of stuff just never gets old to me for some reason. Like 
the blatant yeah. like you must have known even in the moment like even back then when like that kind of that that kind of censoring they had to do on stuff was still fairly new um like i don't know it's just so blatant it's so it's so good i wish it was tongue in cheek so um but yeah <laughs> it's just funny every single time that happens and then I like um, Kenta being like, "How much of a heel do I feel like?" So like, Kenta is a is a wrestling fan now, like canonically. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny they used that term like that. I was like, I guess that makes sense, but maybe that was like slang at the time. But uh, yeah, I, I thought uh, I I mean, yeah, I mean perked up heel, when I heard heel that. Heel always <laughs> heel has kind of always had the connotation of you know you're you're a bad person or a rude person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just like to imagine like uh, Kenta like doing the "you can't see me" or something. <laughs> he would be a Cena fan. Yes. Oh, uh, Kenta definitely hundred percent Cena fan. Hundred percent. So that that line about Kenta not being able to do a single pull up in in the in the the sub was instead of like arguably much crueler, where Kazu <laughs> threatens to tell everyone that he has the worst cholesterol in the grade. What? How was? <laughs> Kazu, how do you know that about Kenta? <laughs> Apparently, like peeked in on his test or something. Shola just backfires. Shola backfires immediately. Like you just start saying, "Hey, this guy's got bad cholesterol." It's like, what the fuck is cholesterol? <laughs> you nerd. See, I, I actually kind of wish it was that now, just because that's even funnier. <laughs> like, imagine your best friend like trying to like dunk on you in front of a girl, and like he has such bad cholesterol. <laughs> I guess it, it makes more sense in, in Japanese because every year uh, Japanese school children have like the fitness um, checkups, so right. they, that information is kept on record every single year. Yeah, I mean, like we, yeah, it's like it's like in um, at least for us, like we, that's like part of like your physical education, like fitness thing was like you have to try and do pull ups. So like that's why I thought it was funny that cause you like ragging on Kenta for not being able to do a pull up because it's like who can do a pull up? Like they're like te- like they're like twelve. They got no muscles. They literally have noodle arms. Yes, they do. And huge heads. And huge heads. Like, Their heads would head. be <laughs> the pull-up bar. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not realistic. Uh, but no, I don't know. I, I do hope this is baby, This is hopefully the last time we have Kazu just randomly hitting on Rika or whatever he's trying to do. Uh, that kind of gets annoying <laughs> extremely fast. Um, but I don't know. I, oh, I, 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 last I, thing for this I, episode. I like that um, yes. Rika was like, if they ever do get a Digimon, they might as well order them to go jump off a bridge. It was like, that's like the mean Rika. That's just like, I kind of miss. Like, I don't miss, but in this moment I do, because it's just like very funny, because she's saying that to the two schmucks of the group. Yeah, they are the worst. And she should say it. She should, she should uh, say, she it. say it, say it with, with, with everything she's got. So With her chest. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, this episode is a bummer. I remembered this one. I don't know why. I think it's probably because it stood out as like at the time as like a weird comedy episode, but I I didn't really recall because this is the first time I've watched it since I first ran through Tamers back in like 2013, and I remember this episode. I remember Digimon, and I remember what Digimon and Babamon. I remember like the the old married couple Digimon, like, and Digimon stands out as well because I believe he's. The one in Digimon World on PS One, right? The like he's he runs like the village, the like um the the place where you start the game in uh in the town. I forget what the yeah. town is called. File City. Like the... Yeah, File City. Yeah. So 
it's file city it's like it's like the free shops and a, and a flower bed um yeah no so I, he he kind of sticks out to me in the memory uh i think this is the only time i've seen him in the anime i bet he shows up later in other stuff but i don't believe he was in adventure at all right like from what you recall no he he wasn't an adventure he's in this and frontier and um fusion yeah him being in Frontier makes a lot of sense, just because of that role. I don't know. It, that seems like it's probably right. Um, uh, to, that that sounds right to me um, when you say that. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I guess there was one thing in this episode that I did like at the beginning that I I forgot about because the rest of it kind of made me forget. But I liked the the the, the random like debris getting thrown around by the wind. That felt much like the adventure, like version of the digital world that we saw before yeah i think the last episode it felt very goofy it did yeah it was, it was very goofy but like in a kind of like oh god like this is a really dangerous way especially when like the grand piano just falls out the sky and almost crushes them um yeah that's that's pretty pretty brutal um the yeah i remember last episode of the podcast we because we we watched the first episode where they come to the digital world and I remember thinking at the time that like, and I think I, I think I commented on this on the in the episode, but the whereas in the adventure version of the digital world, you end up with like a very, um, you know, lots of like random phone boxes and stuff like around. Um, this one was felt a bit different, where you have like literal data tumbleweeds flying around, and then you have like random rock structures, which have formed in the shape of real world objects so it was almost like a twisted sort of interpretation of the same idea whereas this one just felt like oh this is just like adventure this is like the digital world and adventure where you just have random human world crap just you know just just here and there but instead of being yeah. here and there it was flying around and being thrown at children <laughs> so um yeah it's uh pretty Pretty um, familiar, familiar stuff, but it was nice to see. Exactly, yeah. No, I, I feel the same. Like that was like one of my favorite, like sort of gags. I guess in the episode is just like, oh, like a refrigerator like hits a rock and the rock explodes into data type of thing. Yes, yeah, that, that's cool as well. I like, I like the like, not just Digimon do that, but also, you know, the environment <laughs> will as well. So, yeah. But that's the thing. I think that was the thing I liked earlier on in the episode, and then and then yeah, it quickly made way for. For hijinks. Oh man, the sing by the way, they did a really good job at having god awful singing. I don't know what that song is that they came up with, but I, I think it was I think it's shown up already in the show in the um in the the one where they go on the school the school trip. Yeah. But but god, that song is so bad. Really, really, it's really, really bad. bad. Really bad. And they sing it terribly. One of those two things was absolutely intentional. Uh the song being terrible. I hope it was intentional <laughs> as, as, as well, because, oh, yikes. Anyway. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, there's no manly spray, I tell you what. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we got off lucky. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe we got lucky even, but yeah. Episode 27, I think. I, I think we would be pushing it to, to have any more to say about this episode. Yeah, 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 I think we've, uh, I could, I could talk all the time. Billy Crystal, the guy who played Miracle Max in Princess Bride, did audio blackface. 
Let's not. No. In fact, you know what? <laughs> Episode 27. Scrafty, yeah. you want to take the reins on this one? Yes, finally, some good food. So, this episode in the dub is called Motorcycle Madness and was written by Rebecca Olkowski. And the sub is called Ipmon Evolves, the hair-raising demon lord Beelzebumon, which is a bit of a spoiler because that happens in literally yes. the last like 30 seconds of the episode. But huge, huge we'll spoiler. get there. It was directed by Hiroki Shibata and written by Atsushi Maikawa. And as the Japanese title implies, this one is kind of Ipmon centric you've got an a plot and a b plot with the a plot being Takato, jerry and henry who are finally back again after the filler episode where they were entirely absent wandering through the, the digital desert and come across a village of we kind of mentioned this earlier but they're they're called mud frigimon officially but the japanese name is suchi daruman which is mistranslated in this episode as chuchi daruman basically just like a bunch of brown frigimon made of mud so they we finally got our boy back in a in some form podcast mascot Frigimon <laughs> has made his grand re- return. I love you, Frigimon! Uh, oh, and yes. this this village of, of benevolent chocolate snowmen is being ravaged by a motorcycle, which is officially called Behemoth. It's an out-of-control virus, which is kind of crashing through places. You know, it's kicking ass and taking names, killing some, some mud Frigimon through sheer impact. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just generally causing a huge panic among the villagers. So while this is happening... Impmon encounters Katsudamon, which is the dog Deva, who's been helping him and kind of tempting him the last few episodes with, with power and, and prestige. And he basically offers Impmon an ultimatum. He says that he can help him Digivolve and give him ultimate power, but he has to kind of sell his soul to the Digimon Sovereign and become his, his faithful servant, which is, you know, kind of a big deal for Impmon, who left his human partners because he wanted freedom and he didn't want to be treated like a, a tool. So he kind of, while he's mulling this over... The rest of the gang is uh, trying to figure out how to help the village. They manage to tear off the bike's rider, which is a little baby Digimon called Chorobon in the, the Japanese version, which is based on the onomatopoeia Choro Choro, which is like to, to dart about. The dub misidentifies it as a rookie called Metal Koromon, despite it not being related to Koromon in the slightest. So it's off and it kind of says, oh, sorry, sorry, folks, bad news. Whoever gets on that bike is cursed for eternity. Uh, just in time for Gilmon to be possessed by it and start rampaging around as well. The Chorobon specifically says that the way that the, the virus works is it takes over your consciousness and controls you. So Leomon realizes there's a bit of a loophole in here and just karate chops Gilmon in the back of the head to knock him out because he figures if he doesn't have any consciousness, then he you know he doesn't have to worry about being taken over. Which works, he's freed from the motorcycle, which drives off a cliff into a pit of lava just at the, at the same time as Impmon is, you know, accepting this this accursed deal and he himself is plunged into the lava by Katsuramon and after a moment of anticipation the mighty demon lord Beelzemon emerges riding on Behemoth without being taken over as a show of his his power and fortitude and he rides off into the sun set I guess you would say the time doesn't really flow the same way in the digital world he rides off into the horizon on on Behemoth Declaring himself, you know, the, the the most powerful Digimon in in the world, and that's kind of how we leave things off. There's also yes. a very big part regarding uh, Ipmon's like past lore. Yes, yeah, which... we'll we'll get to that in a second. That's part of the the Last Temptation of Christ style um, <laughs> offer that uh, Katsuramon makes him. Is 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 Ipmon to to Tamer to Konaka what uh, Superman is to Zack Snyder? Is See, that like, what you're saying? 
unironically, yes, because I, I refuse to believe that someone who's as into Christian mythology and imagery as Chiaki Konaka did this by accident. Because this this very much plays as a, you know, the uh, devil is tempting you type thing. What with the entire, you know, imagery and being cast You know what? You're absolutely hell. right. I completely forgot about the J in J Konaka for a second. I was like, yeah. oh, that's right. Yeah, I... It's it's fairly it's not very subtle, uh, but it, it's fine. I mean, this this is the Davis we're talking about. There's been religious iconography, uh, albeit not exactly Christian, but you know, whatever. There's a lot of overlap, um, you know. So it, it makes sense to have this sort of exchange <laughs> between these two characters. Um, it's it, it it works as well. Imbon being so down on his look as he has been, um, a perfect character to do this kind of thing with. Yeah, like this is this is an excellent turning point for for Ipmon's character arc because his what what they've been building up to this entire time is that he is someone who you know idolizes freedom and idolizes power, but is also incredibly insecure. So right. the Davis and Ketsuman in particular playing off of that insecurity and like kind of like I don't want to use this word because it's overused, but they they, they like they very much like pressure him and kind of trick him into into thinking that he has nothing else that this is his only prospect in life yeah um in order to you know make it easier they talk about family and it's like we're, we're your only family and it's just like so obviously caked in we don't give a shit about you but apparently this is something you respond well to notion yeah, of family like I, based on he's like okay yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just come and say it's it's abuser rhetoric like they're using the rhetoric of abuse to yeah to to convince him that this is a good idea. I didn't really want to go there, but uh, but it, it it is. You you're right. It's it's absolutely what they're kind of going for. And Itmon is, you know, I said down in his look, but that's really understating his like character who starts out as kind of like a bumbling antagonist of sorts to the uh to the or foil, I guess is the main is the main is probably the right word to the main crew and is quickly realized quickly shown to just be a complete wreck of a, a wreck of a person so yeah he's it really is that and i don't know it's very not relatable but it's very it's a very um sympathetic uh way of building his character while still being like very much like obviously not good for him you know it's, it's yeah. like you feel for him on um, you kind of see, you don't watch this and think, don't take the deal. It's kind of like you think it makes a lot of sense for him to do this, even if it's clearly a bad idea. Um, so yeah, that that whole exchange works. Yeah, I like that moment of like hesitation he has, like, and they're going through like the flashbacks of like him with like the the tamers, and he's like, and Katsuramon's like, oh, like you have to kill those evil digi- human-loving Digimon, and he's like Gilmon and, and his friends, and you see like those ones like, ah, uh, like, no, like, I he's like, he has like that hesitation of like, but do I want to? Because like, I think part of him like recognized like how they've helped him and how like, we saw like in the in the school trip episode, like they invited him to have fun with him type of thing, and they tried to help him and like make sure he didn't get himself killed against Indramon type of thing, except for Ipmon being Ipmon said, you know what, I'm gonna do it anyways. So he I like that moment of hesitation he has before saying, like, you know what? I I just want power. I want to be strong because that's what I deserve and that's the only way I can have worth type of thing. And then like he, he falls for that for that um 
for what they're going for. Yeah, like it, it is it is tragic to see him tested and then fail like in yeah. in the same episode. Like there's like unequivocally this is like, you know, the the quote unquote evil thing to do. Like he's you know, accepting a bid for for power in exchange for indentured servitude to a bunch of malevolent god beings essentially. Like only a couple episodes after he very defiantly declared that he doesn't serve any god. <laughs> Yeah, but also he's like, he's clearly in the face of this overwhelming power, uh, you know, to the point where they can literally show him some sort of vision of sorts of what his, you know, what he's not he's not spoken really properly about his his uh, former partners, the, the the two twins or whatever they are. So yeah, that they've just been able to say, hey, we know what your deal is. Take a look <laughs> and just like do some um you know, Christmas Carol type shit on him is very, very overwhelming, clearly. Um, so yeah. it's like, why why would he say no? The alternative is, he's like, you, I don't have a choice, do I? And that's very, very... If I say no, you're just going to obliterate me into a million pieces. Um, and, you know, I guess it wouldn't also be entirely uncharacteristic for him to accept that offer as well. But, you know, I think he's... I think his pride wins out here in that in that case. He's not going to he's not going to just go down now. He's gonna see things out all the way. Uh, even if even if he knows it's a terrible idea. Yeah, it's like like I I'm not even joking when I say that this is like you know very religious imagery. This is like it is very evocative of the like in particular the Martin Scorsese um movie, The Last Temptation of Christ, where one of the, the last scenes is um Willem Dafoe as Jesus being tempted um by visions of an 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 idyllic life where he has everything that he wants but is just out of his grasp um in order to try to get him to give up you know being the messiah and obviously there's there's less at stake here because Itmon's not the savior of humanity but you know (laughs) this this decision is going to have consequences and i think it's it's just yeah it's just fascinating the way the way it's framed like um, in the same manner as the the last temptation of Christ, in that like he is being presented with a false choice, um, in order to you know undermine his own insecurity to to kind of push him into picking what the 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 sovereign wants. Yeah, like he's he's not evil. Like he's kind of he's like selfish. He's 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 out for himself, like that type of thing. But he's not evil. But he is willing to to go along with it and essentially give himself up also he can have like the one thing he's craved most especially now that a his partners have forgotten about him completely and b um Katsuramon says like oh like Digimon here can't evolve without partners anymore but I can give you the power that you crave and yeah. I and Mako have forgotten about him so what other choice does he have to become powerful than to Go into the soup and become a big boy. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. it's important to note that like the Sovereign and the Devas are in no short supply of powerful Digimon. Like their entire group is made up of powerful Digimon. Like just a couple episodes ago, one of the Devas, not even one of the higher ranked ones, almost crushed all three ultimates at once. Like yeah. they don't need power. What they need is someone who's, you know, driven. And they know exactly how to get Impmon to cooperate in, in that regard. They know how to get someone to throw away all of his morals and all of his scruples in order to single-mindedly pursue this goal while the while the devas and sovereigns are busy elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, they need a... Yeah, they literally need a high gun, and 
and he he is clearly a good choice for that. And you know, if they're going to have their if they can have their fun and you know mess up his head even more along the way, then then why not? You know, they are. It, it, this does a better job of characterizing the Davis as like outright villains and like evil people um, or evil forces than any other like city wrecking that they've done <laughs> in the previous episodes has managed. Um, and I know obviously there was differences here between like how they were characterized in the dub versus the sub. I still think this is by far in a way the most like malicious thing that they have that they have before, done so far. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like it's not it's not like they're you know asking him to destroy the Tamers for no reason. They're asking him to destroy them because they know the Tamers have come here for Calamon and that's what they need. So like with a greater context of what the Devas and the Sovereign are trying to protect in particular, this comes across as a much more like, you know, interesting move than just, you know, a spiteful one. Sure. Yeah. I think it's I think it's the difference between like taking action to prevent these tamers from, you know, messing up their plans with Calamon and also, you know, it's the difference between doing that and then also doing all this like shit with him on where they're like showing him his former friend and asking him to you know specifically getting someone who is clearly who clearly has compassionate feelings even if he's completely unwilling to embrace them you know it's someone who clearly has compassionate feelings for these people and then saying hey we need you to kill them like they are just they're just beyond psychopathic like at that point it's it's kind of a case of like you know a greater good type of thing like they It'll become a lot more clear once like you, you know you realize what they need Kalamon for, but yeah, like Katsuramon saying we can't digivolve on our own anymore is some pretty good foreshadowing to that as well. Yeah, but I I still I still think it works very well as like just straight up like a malice and like even a little bit of spite of the fact of like Katsuramon clearly knows far more about Itmon that he has let on for most of this type of thing. Like, he's he's given him those hints that he knows. I mean, he straight up pulls him into a fantasy, be like, haha, look what your tamers have now. Like, not you, type of thing. So having him go after the the tamers, when it could very well just be like, um, the rest of the day was that are still around going after them. Like, that's a, that's a very powerful move to sort of, I guess, ensure compliance type of thing, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things where I just feel like it becomes there is a point where their motivations um, almost like you could almost consider them not as important or you know if there were, if there there's no like argument to be made for why they need to mess up Impmon like the way they are <laughs> so you know the it, it's just completely. Um, Unrealistic, so uh, not unrealistic. Sorry, that's the wrong word. Um, it's just completely un, unjustifiable. Yeah, it becomes a cool mode of still murder situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I know that there's a divide later on down the line that we'll learn about when it comes to like the Davis versus like the Sovereign and so on, and how they kind of approach things and what's going on, blah 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 blah. But this, this at least for this one Davis, um, whose name I've already forgotten. Um, I'm so bad with the Davis names. <laughs> okay, um, he's he's clearly just an asshole. <laughs> you know, he's clearly a real piece of shit. So I think it's fun that the the dub goes even harder on like the 
borderline satanic imagery by having him explicitly say, like, um, relinquish your soul to me before he, you know, plunges him into the pits of hell. Yeah, it's very good. Though. That fucking rules. Yeah, like, like, that is some that was, good, like, Ghost Rider type shit. Like, that was a good, just... that was a good change, yeah. And, like, it makes the imagery a lot more explicit, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Oh, also, I want to like... see Beelzebub do a penance there so bad. <laughs> it's like the one moment where that character, and maybe it's, I think the character design is somewhat to do with this, where he's just constantly shown to have this, like, grinning more, but, like, he doesn't really move much. But the few times you really get any sort of, like, proper expression from him, um, is, like, firstly, there's, like, a few times where he, like, grins, like, looking at Mon's, like, you know, whole thing going on, his whole, like, sad sack deal and like and 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 also like realizing the absolute corner he's managed to like paint him into um and then the end there where he goes which your soul which is like and he just basically finally like lets out some actual like you know you know power i suppose is is probably the the right phrase so yeah i i don't know really compelling villain i know he's not an actual long-term villain and it's almost kind of a shame because he's his introduction here is really fucking good. Um, yeah. So it's a shame that I know he's just one of the Davis and, you know, there's other fish to fry. And really, he's here just to set up Beelzebub, who is the actual big villain of this, like, arc of sorts. Like, yeah, Beelzebub is going to get a four and a half episode fight, <laughs> like, in, in just a yeah. few episodes. So, like, he's he is the focus of this arc, and this is the, you know, the, the big um turning point where where things go from yeah. manageable to complete nightmare. Yeah, I mean I would say yeah, that yes. this is he is one of the core two characters for the rest of the series. I mean like the the, the other tamers yeah. still matter, don't get me wrong, but I mean we're going to see that uh there are gonna be two characters that are very important in particular and Itmon slash Bielzamon is one of them. Yeah. Yeah it, so I, Bielzamon is also Bielsamon was also like a catalyst for the big, um, you know, to shove the, those two characters. I believe you're talking about um, Takato yeah. and Jerry. I believe like the, the, he's the, he's the oh, big. Oh, I wasn't even to... talking about that. I meant I meant he he is one of the two big characters like in the the last uh, section, sort of along oh, with Jerry. Yeah, like yeah. him and him and Jerry. Are... No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Is... I'm not talking about the the end part yet. I'm just. I'm just right. talking I, about I, this like I, I just digital meant world. Is going to be. One of the core characters all through, uh, all through up yeah, until the no, end type of thing. No doubt, we've been saying that all along. Like, on is is like one of the one of the key characters, if not the key character for the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but like Bielsman for right now, he's like introduction now is the thing that's really going to push Takato and Jerry in particular down, even further down like their uh, their respective character development paths. Um. So yeah, it's 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 a shame to see Mon go, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we uh, the the things are only just getting started really with him. I think Beelzebub is, is incredibly badass. Like that's such such a good design and yeah. such a good voice for him. But he's kind of an idiot because yeah. he just started driving away. It's like, dude, your targets are right there. They're right there, and they're all tired. Just just go shoot <laughs> in the face no. with your shotgun. See, I I <laughs> we, saw we, that more as like a. A he he didn't want to yet type of thing like he, he like he's kind of trying to put it off as long as he can. 
he has i mean you were saying using i forget which one of you said it sorry about this but um you, you were saying before about how you know Imon like really values freedom or whatever now he's just got like a badass motorbike and like the entire <laughs> like untamed frontier to like just butch burn rubber on like yeah of course he's just gonna go have some fun for a bit um i just think it's it's funny in the dub when he, he comes out of the lava and he just immediately says they call me beelzebub i was like who calls you that <laughs> you, you, you're just they, born <laughs> they you know uh, you know they Maybe it's like a Star Lord thing where he just he just keeps trying to like get people to call him this cool name. <laughs> Eventually, it'll catch on. Everyone's um, like, "Yep, Mon, you're such a nerd." He's like, "No, I'm Beelzebub. Call me. They call me Beelzebub." <laughs> like, no one calls you that. Well, maybe the Davis did. My bike's named Behemoth. It's like, no, it's not. That's a that's maybe. a that's a that's a Harley Davidson that no that someone deleted in uh, <laughs> AutoCAD. Yeah. The rest of this episode is also very good. <laughs> like not just the Imon yeah. stuff is really potent is um is really like thematically rich but and what have you um but the yeah the actual the actual proper a plot uh, uh, as you were uh, uh, if you will uh, for this episode is really strong as well I think it feels like a if it, if it, it feels like what we were saying before I think about a tamer's spin on a sort of classic Digimon adventure style digital world story. Where things are just a little bit more gnarly, <laughs> a little bit more messed up. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, like I think I am very biased. I definitely kind of drifted this episode's discussion in in the direction of Itmon because he is my favorite character in this show. But I yeah, mean, it's like a, the, it's an important thing. Yeah. But yeah, like the A plot's still very good. It like it establishes the stakes really well right off the bat. Where even though they they think they saved one of the Mud Frigimon from the rampaging behemoth, it just charges right through a building and kills like two more. Just yeah, I just took that to mean as like Leomon just jumps in and saves the kid, and then like the parent just gets obliterated. <laughs> I'm like, an orphan oh, now. You're a welcome kid. Yeah. Pats him on the head and jumps off. Yeah, yeah. Cool. There's some like weird stuff with like interventionism in this because like Takato and Henry have this minor rift about like the getting the Chuchidaro. No, the Mud Frigimon. I'm not going to call them Chuchidaro. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the mud, they're Mud, mud Frigimon. Yeah. Uh, to like to like move their town somewhere all safer, and Henry's like, I don't think we as outsiders should tell them what to do. And I'm like, you're right, but why is the Montamers like getting into the, like this? Feels so specific, like because and like because... Henry's like, are you going to get in trouble for associating with humans? And I'm like, what what is going on? Sloan, Henry's a Chinese immigrant and living in Japan. Like, I I I, I, under, I understand. Okay, you where know, you're right. Stuff... Where this stuff comes from, I can't speak to the specifics of it because I'm just not well versed in that sort of thing. But when I saw these scenes playing out, I'm like, I understand implicitly that this is why Henry says this stuff is because he, I don't know, he's someone who I, I'm, I'm unclear of, of like Henry's um, Henry himself where he was born and raised, but I know obviously his family has moved from Japan, so uh, from China, but so it's. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for him to be like this. Um, I thought it was kind of strange that they like they play that up, and then eventually it just turns out like, oh, Takato's right. <laughs> Takato was right, and then he's like, I'm such an idiot. Of course, we should have helped them. I mean, um, and you know, yes, it turns out yes, they were right to do so. But it's just funny that like th- they kind of have this thing which is actually quite interesting, and then it's it. Ca- I-, I don't think it necessarily 
it either doesn't really resolve properly or is just kind of left hanging there. Maybe that was intentional, but um, I don't know. Yeah, like the at the end, uh, Henry is like, "You'd never listen to me, anyways. That's why I like you so much." And I'm like, "Oh, that's very cute." And then that is cute. Uh, cute. Jerry is like, "Haha, you are right, Takato. Haha, you're you're great." And he's all blushing. I'm like, "But Henry literally just like said something even nicer. Like, my like, <laughs> give your give your bro a hug." Well, yeah, but he's he's Takato's hot for Jerry. We know this. <laughs> uh, yeah, just saying. This, this that's 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 the. That's the thing. I okay. I hate. I hate to drag things back to Imon after we just stopped, like finished talking about it. But there, there no, is one. It. There is one brilliant thing I forgot to talk about that I really, I really, really love and respect. Because there's also something with Im- the Imon thing I want to talk about. So go for it. So, I think this is such an interesting narrative decision when Imon, when Ketsuron is trying to convince Imon to, you know, accept his power and and kill the Tamers. One of the reasons he he cites for why they have to die is they've been disrespecting you know, our people by refusing to absorb their data once they're killed. Oh like what what the Tamers view is an act of mercy of of allowing them to, you know, reform later on on their own and live a live a better life instead of just being sucked up like food. Could the Davis consider a grave insult, like, you know, deserving of punishment. And like it's it's such a small little thing, but it does, it does such a good job of um highlighting the difference in philosophies between the two groups. Like the you know the the quote-unquote, like, honorable warriors who'd rather, you know, uh, die a warrior's death on the battlefield and, you know, be used to make someone else stronger rather than having the data scattered like, you know, cowards or whatever. Yeah, that's that's really good. It's a very good juxtaposition. Like, the, the show never draws explicit attention to it, but it, it's, a, it's a really good, like, you know, um, detail that helps characterize the Davis a lot better. So... I just want to make I just want to make sure like so because obviously they don't um absorb the data because they want the want to like presumably at least reform so is it kind of like consider like too much like a mercy slash like not as honorable kill to like not be absorbed type of thing like as the Davis see it like yeah I think that their their entire deal is um they think that the natural order of things is when you get destroyed you get your data absorbed and whoever absorbs you get stronger I guess the you know that is the the way of life in the digital world, and it's how right. things have worked forever. So seeing humans come in and disrespect that tradition um, because of a misguided sense of mercy in their eyes is very, very telling of the kind of culture that the digital world has. Right, okay. I I had a moment where I just couldn't stop laughing, though, during that, because there's the part where Itmon's like, then you'll make me as strong as I want, right? And then the subtitles just said, laughs evilly for Ketsuramon. And Itmon's <laughs> like, you'll make me as strong as I want, right? And I'm just like, oh god, like, that's way too, like, that's way too unintentionally funny because of the meme. <laughs>, laughs and evil. Laughs and evil. Honestly, that's, every time a subtitle for Digimon says laughs evilly or something like that, like, it just, I bust up because that's such a funny way of putting it, even though, like, it's not at all like different or anything like you know i just find it hilarious for some reason it's like uh it's like kiwimon right yeah la- like laughs and kiwimon uh i also like how the mud for Digimon village like they don't even know what a deva is like no one knows what a deva is and i think that's also like very fascinating too that's just like even even residents of the digital world it's just, like what's a deva like i've never heard of that i like the um the way they contextualize what they're you know they're not just like a village of digimon that's just 
just there because that's a thing that exists. Like they are specifically a uh, what is it like leftover data or something? That, yeah, discarded data. Discarded data that, and they're there to like, I don't know, represent that or whatever it's supposed to be. I'm not, I'm not sure. But the the like, the way that they con- the way that they like contextualize the world there in the form of like how that relates to like data flow and stuff is really, it's it's interesting. It's like a far more like literal version of. Digi- of the of the notion of a digital world, um, especially because a lot of other a lot of other interpretations of Digimon is very much in the case of like, oh, there is some like digital connection between digital world and the real world, but other than that, it's basically just like an alter- alternate dimension. <laughs> that's that's kind of just how it's treated, um, you know, where stuff can you know stuff can grow and you know life flourishes and whatever, blah 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 blah. But the yeah, this is a this is like way more literal. Like not quite to the extent of like um for example how like digital worlds are shown in like stuff like CyberSleuth, for example. But it is fairly um you know, it's interesting to see them come up with that. I wonder if that's gonna be something that is gonna persist as we go through like other locations. Um I guess in the last episode the Digimon one, I guess they didn't really do any of that. Like Digimon and Babylon were just hanging out there. Uh, but um, I guess that also, again, that just that didn't feel like an episode that really mattered or tied into the larger story. So I guess it makes sense if they they are just there and that's that. Like I don't know, <laughs> maybe they run an item shop on the side or something. <laughs> like who knows? Or like they're like one of those places where you can just get uh, get like a full restore for your party or whatever like in like in the pokemon games um so yeah i don't know i i I find that kind of contextualization quite interesting um but yeah the the the, the village is the village is cool the culture there is really interesting um i do i thought the intervention stuff was i thought i thought that was a really interesting angle and like their insistence of it wasn't just like, oh, we just don't want to move, or oh, we're too scared, we don't want to do anything. I like that they actually sort of insisted after a point of like, no, this this is this home is our birthright <laughs> because they literally came to be because because no one vi- cared about us. Yeah, well, yeah, they just came to be because of the village. Like they they that's they all one and the same. Like it it was really cool to see that done and um. I don't know, and there's still like a notion of like, well, yes, they were also fairly cowardly about it because, you know, they wouldn't even like really stand up to Takato and that that strongly when Takato's like, you should just move or whatever, you should move to Canada and you know get free healthcare and uh, whatever. Like it's it just felt like that kind of argument <laughs> from Takato. Um, so I'm I'm I think it would be funny if they got work way more pissed off, but if your if your village is under attack by a motorcycle dealer, you just simply uh, sell your house and move. Yeah, exactly. We should just <laughs> take the village and push it somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. Zero chance that the motorbike comes back while this is all happening. Of course. <laughs> like while you're packing up, I just imagine like them like like moving the village, but like the motorbike is just circling, like just waiting for them to stop so that way it attacks again. Yeah. It's just. Just, just a silly thing. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the the what the one thing there, like everything was like, it made a lot of sense. But it was fun to see like their first proper interaction with the digital world beyond like, the, well, the first one was in the last, uh, the the 
episode 25, I guess, where they met Maomon and the Jigamon and, you know, they had that interaction where they were learning more about the sort of dog-eat-dog world uh, of things. And I like that they're... And then with this episode as well, I like that their interactions so far with the digital world have very, very much been, like, the guy who's new (laughs) just showing me and, like, this is stupid. This doesn't make any sense at all. You guys are crazy. Um, And just generally, (laughs) like getting told to shut up <laughs> by by various in various ways um <laughs> so it's it's kind of yeah i'm enjoying the like uh culture clash slash slash uh loudmouth loudmouth tourists coming in and being weird about the local culture <laughs> like it's there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of undertones here there's a lot of fun stuff to play with there's a nice like um almost parallel as well with like what you were saying before about the Davis and their, you know, their reaction to data just not even being like uploaded or absorbed or whatever, like how they find that offensive, even though it just seems entirely the moral thing to do, um, to the tamers and to the humans and so on. Like I guess it's almost like that again, where the Digimon are just like on a completely other level of completely other level of thinking, um, for the most part. So I guess that's kind of like the underlying theme of this episode, I suppose, is is that sense of uh, that and the crazy motorbike, <laughs> you know, the crazy demon <laughs> motorbike. Uh, I guess those are the two themes. I like that Takano was willing to like jump on the motorbike and be taken over just so he could free Gilmon. I think that's very sweet. True companions. I like. I I really like that. Uh, I also liked Henry uh, just being like very clearly just fed up of Takato shit when he said that. Like, no Takato, you'll get yourself hurt. It's like, no Takato, don't be a f- don't be an idiot. It's like very yeah, much it's, just that's what he does. I've had it's enough great. of you. I've had enough of you. Um they're they're almost like the big brother of the group, but like not even that, more like just I don't know. He's <laughs> just kind he's of like the mom friend. Sort of, yeah, but like he's a like he's know. a tired mom, like, oh okay, we we're going to this new town and it's like oh like Takado please like calm down we're trying to talk to the, the locals like no 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 Takado you can't go on the motorbike just stay there for five <laughs> seconds um he's almost like I don't even like you know that that's that's like a fun analogy and we're gonna come back to it because it's fun but um he, he almost makes me feel like he's more like now that they're in the digital world and like split off from the human world he's more like the misasagi of the group like he's like the fed up teacher like you know he's he's like not quite as compassionate about the whole deal as as a as a mother figure would theoretically be but he's definitely you know he's very much like i have to look after you and i fucking hate it but i'm still going to do it because it's my job like you know like Henry just needs like those like child leashes to put on like at literally the entire group so no one gets lost. I think it'd be so funny <laughs> if someone someone drew fan art of Henry um as that like a, a redraw of that picture of the the mom or dad holding two child leashes and being tangled up in them, but one of them's the Takato and the other one's Terrier Mon. And like yeah, they're on the floor or whatever. Oh, yeah. I love that picture. <laughs> it's very good. Also, I like how the bike is just controlled by a little guy. Like just Metal Coromon's like just like a little friend, and it's just like. It's just like killing people on a motorbike. I think that's just very funny for some reason. Yeah. I honestly, I think it's funny exactly how wrong they got this Digimon in this episode. Like, 
They misidentified its name, they misidentified its relation to Koromon, and they misidentified its level as well. No, it's Metal Koromon, right? No, it's Choromon. Well, I mean, that's in the that's in the 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 Japanese name, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but it doesn't have any relation to Koromon whatsoever. Like it wasn't never meant to. So. So like <laughs> the the fact that they they localized it as being that, um, and you know got the level wrong tells me they probably got a bunch of other stuff wrong with it too. <laughs> I mean, that's just his name now. He's just a little got little little Metal Koromon. Forever, forever that because they. I don't know. I don't know what happened. This, this episode this episode is really good, except the names are just all over the place. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, just really weird in that regard. But, well, I well, like that he I, looks I, like, a, like, a, like a computer mouse. Like, I want to click I want to click him. Yeah, he does. Um, he reminds me a lot of... Um, there's a... Uh, there's a villain... Uh, villain, not really. Um, there's a monster in Doctor Who called... Uh, I don't know. You've probably heard of the, the Cybermen. Or Cyberman. Yeah. 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 So they have like a little like weird drone sort of thing, which is basically like a mouse of sorts called the Cybermite. Um, if you look that up, it, it it looks kind of like what what are those things like a trilobite or whatever? Like it kind of like that, but like kind of like a mouse. And um and uh quote unquote metal Coromon looks. Uh, it reminds me a lot of them, <laughs> like in his look. Um. I don't know why he's beeping all the time, though. I found that kind of obnoxious. It's like, uh, like setting up Morse code. Um, yeah. Subliminal messages to kids, telling them to buy product. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's not even like it's just what it's just a consistent like single beep every second or see, so. It, like it. it seems that way, but if you transcribe it, then you you see it says buy the V pets. <laughs> uh, anyway, um. Probably worth pointing out as well about that bike. Um, I I don't know. Hopefully this came across, but just to reiterate, this the, the bike is not a Digimon. Like that bike is no. is like it's not a virus type Digimon. It is a virus. Um, it is a virus. Yes. 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 So there were in 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 the world of Digimon tamers, there are viruses that are completely separate to like any sort of Digimon. They are like more like traditional computer viruses. Uh, a concept that I'm sure will never come back. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they. Uh, I enjoyed it though. I like. I like the sort of weird. Uh, not weird. That's an overused term. Sorry. Um, I like the sort of unpredictable feeling it introduced because it's not a Digimon. It's clearly violent or so on. It doesn't seem to have any sort of like motive or purpose or function or whatever but it's just it's still coming around and it's still every now and then just driving through this village and mowing down anyone in its path so it's it just yeah, craves flesh yeah and then they find out of course about like its function about the how it can you know take over people's minds and whatever I like that Leomon fairly quickly identifies its like reason for you know the whole thing about it looking for like a rider or whatever um, yeah, he he figures with the loophole and its its control very very easily. Yeah, he figures. Yeah, he figures out that, that that as well. But I like that he doesn't even like really frame it frame it really well. He just seems to be like it seems initially as if he's just going to knock Gilmon off and take you over as the rider, which seems like a terrible idea. Given you know we're just getting progressively <laughs> more powerful riders who will. Yeah, I, I, legit thought, I legit thought that was going to happen for a second. I'm like, is, Le- is Leo Mon just going to like just get his cool bike now but become evil? Yeah, but um, I mean, maybe if he was like Bancho Leomon, he could he could control it. I don't know. Uh, but 
yeah, he's uh, no. I liked I liked that idea, and I like. I always like a good oh, just knock them out, <laughs> you know, loophole in a story. I think there's a, I think I've seen that in a few things, and it's it's always kind of satisfying because it's it's nice and simple uh, and cool, <laughs> you know, just to see someone take a bump. Um, yeah, but um, I did like, uh, and then obviously that happens, and then the. the the earth opens up and swallows the bike hole in the pit of lava. I like how Takato was just very much like, oh, well, I guess <laughs> I guess that's that then. <laughs> just completely unfazed by the turn of events there. Like, oh, oh yeah. I guess it's I guess we won. Um, so. I not care where the, the giant pit of lava came from. It's just, it, it's, as long as the bike's gone, it's okay. Not remotely phased by it all at, at all. Or the fact that some evil-looking Digimon just Talk it over, <laughs> you know, when uh, when Beelzebub shows up. Just not 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 even remotely concerned about that that at all. But he will be. I do want to say though, uh, in regards to the um the eye and Mako thing, I sorry to go back to that again, but um, like how did those two like five year olds like hide a Digimon? Like, do you think the parents knew about it, Mon? Absolutely, absolutely. They 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 just kind of they're just the kind of absentee parents are like, oh look look, honey, the kids have a tiny clown cat. <laughs> yeah, they don't seem to be like good parents. Um, you, I mean that's fairly obvious. Like they, you know, you, you get the sense that they are just like buying them presents or whatever because they don't really know what to do with them, <laughs> and and they, as a result, the kids are just kind of like ratty. <laughs> you know, they're young, so it's not like it's not like the show is trying. Or, or my interpretation of it is. Is that they're like you know evil or just bad seeds or whatever? No, they're just they're just pretty kids or whatever, and you know, yeah, their parents probably aren't giving them the right sort of attention or teaching them the right sort of lessons. Um, you know, you can see that they they nearly ripped that dog in half. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's just what they do. Um, so yeah, it's... and yet, like despite that, he missed them. Like he wanted to go back to them in that moment. Yeah, I thought I was like that broke my heart. I'm like. Oh, oh, like he's like, oh, like he thinks they recognize him. He's like, I'm back, guys, I'm home. And then they just run past him, and my heart just absolutely just got decimated. It's a fun, yeah, it's a, it is kind of interesting how he's very much like, oh, yeah, he's, he's just like overjoyed to see them again. But the last time we got any sort of like flashback or whatever to this part, this point in Hitman's life. He was basically killed over afterwards with like trauma, like you know the. He didn't. It seemed like a very traumatic experience for him to like even you know reflect on. So to have him basically put back in that situation and for him to be like, "Oh yay," is kind of like a weirdly. I mean, you were talking about abuse metaphors before, or you know, abuse they're, they're children. before. <laughs> they are yeah. kids. They do not know better. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I know, no, I, I know that. I'm not saying that the kids are abusers, absolutely not. But um, the the notion there of like him just being like, Imon being very terrified and having a lot of like trauma from his time with those kids and having to like, you know, them pulling him back and forth and just generally being a nightmare, and then him just being like, "Yay, the kids!" He's just like very weird back and forth about it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's very clearly stating here that yes, he does still have. He still wants to be with his partners, but 
for whatever reason, you know, they just, you know, it, he had to he had to go, and then now the Davis are like playing on that, and it's yeah, it's really, it's really grim, just really grim stuff all around. Welcome to Digimontainers. Really grim stuff all around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Like this, this show does not mess around. It really yeah. doesn't. I think that's why it's... I think like, episodes like this were the ones that like, I think set it apart from previous episodes, or previous seasons, rather, because I don't think that we could have um, a conversation this serious and complex about any of the stuff that happened in the previous seasons. I, I think you no. could, but in different yeah. ways. Not not to the same degree, in my opinion. Not, I, think you have to I don't reach. know. I think I think that's a little like dismissive of of some of some of the past series. I mean, like in in different ways, yes. Like I mean, like are we gonna be talking about like how dark and like sad like the Itmon type stuff is? Like no, because like that stuff's gonna come up. But I mean, I think there are um, other parts of the past series that like you could still and we have had like very in depth like discussions on certain parts of it okay like no no doubt I'm, I'm i'm just saying more of like the ethical implications of of characters actions is usually pretty straightforward in this series like i think with the exception of ken like you're pretty much either a straightforward good guy or a straightforward bad guy in previous seasons like there wasn't a whole yeah. lot of gray area even gatomon who like they tried to pretend after the fact had agraria basically went from being, you know, pure evil willing to murder a child to, um, you know, extreme force of good who never does anything bad ever again in one episode. And yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I think that's also just the case of Tamers is a wholly different show than what the other Digimon shows were trying to be. Oh, no, absolutely. It's trying to be something very different. But like, you know, just the fact that we, we, you know, skipped over talking about the A plot for so long because we were so engrossed by... What amounted to about seven minutes in the episode overall is is really impressive, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I I would just say on that point alone, um, the um, when it comes to the previous series, they they they're doing different stuff, and 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 the no, exactly, well, they have a different like remit, as it were. They they're going for different things, and you know, they honestly, I don't want to, I can't, you know, because I think Tamers is, is that good. I can't really think of many areas that, like. There's not many, yeah. There's not many areas that like adventure surpasses Tamers in. I would say. I mean, there's one thing that adventure does really well, and it's like this sort of almost like nostalgic sense, like of like heroism and so on, which Tamers, you know, obviously doesn't go for because it's telling a different story and a much more like you know sort of uh, grounded story, as it were. But um, you know, there, there are things adventure does really well. Uh, even things Adventure 02 does really well that Tamers just isn't doing, and vice versa. And so, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's um, what's the phrase? I don't think it's like undermining them or, or or speaking less of them. I don't think it's speaking less of those shows to say that like Tamers is doing all this stuff with with like Impmon and you know Yamaki and you know uh, well all the characters really. Uh, except maybe Kazu and Kenta have a um, have a fairly rich backstory, and there's lots of themes going on. And, you know, you're touching on some really heavy subjects in times, and it's nailing all that stuff really well. And it's not stuff I would say about the previous shows, um, you know. But that's fine. So yeah, I mean, you can say that stuff. Yeah, sorry, without, I, don't, like, I don't mean to to denigrating to, to adventure rally against like tamers or against what you're both saying because I I totally get what you're saying and I agree. 
But I, I, and maybe I just jumped the gun a little bit, but the, the idea of saying that just like, I was like, I, I just want to make it clear that I, at least I think that like, there was a lot of things that, um, that the past series have done very well. And yeah. again, like it's reaching completely different ideas, themes, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, totally. that's on me. Mission statements. So, yeah. All, all definitely way different. Um, and I mean, you know, they go back to that in, cause the next series, I'm pretty sure is going back to adventure stuff. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's trying to, trying to mine that well again. So I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I, I, um, I'm glad that the re- I mean, put it this way. I'm glad that we didn't jump straight into Tamers. Like, I think that would have been a mistake. And I think our sort of, I would, I, I like to think our perspective on the show is probably better for having watched those those two seasons first, especially especially O2. completely, especially O2. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's fun. Anyway, um, not to go, yeah, I can't digress there, but but yeah, yeah, I don't want to sound pretentious, but I do think it's a bit unfortunate that we're going from probably. As of this point in this, the franchise's production, the most high-minded show to the most low-minded one is going to be quite a bit of whiplash. <laughs> we could go to X-Ross Wars after if you want. We need Listen, to skip ahead. Cross Wars at least Cross knows Wars. what it is. It's, it's a toy commercial. That's that's all it ever tries to be. Frontier has greater aspirations and falls flat on its face over and over and over again. We can go back to Adventure Zero 2 if you both want and just skip Tamers. Or not Tamers. Frontier. We'll, we'll rewatch Zero Two twice to make up for the fact that Frontiers the fourth season. We'll rewatch the second series twice more. You're not feeling it. The no. show must go on. Okay. Hey, I'm good. If you're if you're willing to accept it, then I'm good. So, so Tom, you mentioned something about the recap of the of this episode. Oh God, right? Yeah, I've, that was, I've forgotten that. I remembered that like multiple times now. Um. Okay. Am I am I just completely like completely gutter brain or did Davis say that they got sucked off? Does Davis say that Rico and the lad, uh, Rico and the guys? <laughs> That's not got what I was off? thinking. So I'm, okay, I'm no, gonna, told- I'm gonna take a step back from this one. Yeah, no, it just it totally sounds like he's saying like Rico and the guys got sucked off to another part of the digital world. <laughs> like, no, no, bad Davis. Is that if that's what he said? It could have been something like zapped off or but it just sounds it, it it really really sounds you know what i was like okay i need to turn the subtitles on and then yeah no this i keep forgetting there's no subtitles on the dvds which is bad by the way you very, gotta make your own subtitles very bad well now i'm gonna make my own and they're gonna say sucked off because that's what brian whatever his name is said as davis <laughs> no offense to that guy i just i'm just bad at names apparently um, Brian Donovan? Yeah, no, Brian Donovan, name. there we go. Is it? I thought it was. Because there's, yeah, there's, Brian Brian, there's a Brian who voices um, Takato as well, right? Brian, Brian B. So, yeah, there's too many, too many Brians. Two Brians, I can't remember that. We need less Brians in this world. Yes, world I, can't, I, can't remem- <laughs> I can't remember I, I can't remember more than one person called Brian, uh, or more than one person with the same name um. Uh, as Brian Beacock. I pretend I said that in a Vince McMahon voice. That's one. That's one for See, all the fans. The thing out there. I was thinking of was uh, Davis saying, and they all flew up back towards the real world. And I'm just thinking, like, so did that group just decide, like, we're not going to find our friends or Calamine and just go home, type of thing? Because that's what yeah, I, I was kind of like. thinking. I was kind of thinking that, yeah. 
<laughs> to be entirely <laughs> fair, if I was if, if I was stuck with Kazuma and Kenta, I'd also want to get out of there as soon as possible. But uh, yeah, but then I mean, she's stuck with them because she's going back. Like she should sabotage no. them, like kick them off the hang glider. Yeah, she's gonna be like, "Yeah, guys, we're totally gonna go home," and then she's just gonna like see the nearest um, data sucking off point and and kick them into it. So, <laughs> uh, and then she can fly. She can fly. And then down she flies back home. Perfect. The, 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 the other folks. No, no, she she like reconvene with the other crew. People that she she actually seems where Kazu and Kenta go. They died. It was, it was very Kazu sudden. It's very sad. Some crazy old woman Digimon just beat them over the head with a club. Uh, mega level, so you know, just kaput instantly. She, Shame she, to see them go. She, they, they drink her milk. Okay, right. I want to talk about something good, uh, as opposed to everything we just said there. Um, there's a really <laughs> cool opening shot to this episode. Like, a weirdly like stylistic one, which, I mean, look, I love Digimon, but Outside of the movies and the OVAs and stuff, they don't really get much done in terms of like, and, and like evolution sequences and stuff as well. I suppose I should mention, but in the actual like main like animation or whatever, it's never like anything to really write home about. And I don't know that in terms of like animation, this is anything to write home about. But I like the um, I like the uh, I don't I don't know what the phrase is, but like the framing of this opening here, where it cuts from. Rika and Kazu and Kenta who are like flying overhead and there's like a they're like flying overhead and then it's like pulls back on the horizon or whatever so it's like the horizon's getting further away and then like it's like the camera's the camera just like goes but it's like goes backwards between I think it's like Takato's legs or something and then like it has the group there it's a really interesting shot and like what I was I wasn't surprising like a cool like bridge between what Riku and Kazu and Kenta were doing, and and what the rest of the what the rest of the tamers are doing, it's like a really interesting shot, um, and it's kind of the only one in this episode that I'd say is remarkable for any reason or other. The rest of it is fairly standard, standard affair. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure how that came about, but it was kind of like oh that's, that's cool, that's neat, some nice yeah, it's it's cinematography. I don't know, I don't know what you call it, but. That was uh yeah, I thought it was cool. Uh, also, I completely forgot. Uh, we got another uh, sighting of the Brave Field again, which is awesome. Yeah, I I completely forgot about the second use, uh, or any other uses beyond Terryman in the subway. So that was cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I was I was kind of happy to see that again. Yeah, it was it was really neat. I, I'm just yeah. like, oh, like yeah, like he's it's the brave shield protects Takato. I'm like, that's 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 a good moment. Yeah, it, it maybe seems a bit like overkill for Pyrosphere, <laughs> but but I guess it got the job done. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure if it was meant to be like his powers like way stronger because he's on the demon motorbike, but um, but yeah, I guess that would make sense. Either way, it was cool to see the shield back. Um, that was a that was a nice a nice thing. Yeah. Um, also, I'm just not expecting many card modify things to happen at this point for some reason. It's it's going to start winding down, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, got there's some left for now. I think that's all I have to say about this episode, though. It was a it was a very good episode. It was good. Yeah. Uh, I guess the only other thing that comes to mind is um, weirdly Jerry being eager to just eat those big mud balls <laughs> and like them not tasting like shit like uh, not literally like shit but like like awful 
Um, that was funny. <laughs> why? why? Is it explain what they are in the sub? Like, are they are they like said like oh it's like a meatball or whatever? No, it's just food. Just food. Just food. Just the food. Just ball. food. We made you some food. Co- coded to be delicious. So perfect. Uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, but man, do not I want it. food that's, that's coated to be delicious. That's, that's a funny phrase, delicious coated. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> that food is delicious coated. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Uh, um, oh, we, we, I don't know if we mentioned this, but uh, there, is a, there is a brief scene with Calamon here towards, uh, towards the end-ish of the episode. Oh yeah, is that uh, where, when he's like going through the forest or whatever? Yeah, he's going through he's going through like the weird Snow White forest, uh, the creepy, 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 spooky forest. Um, and he has a line here which made my heart break. Just <laughs> goes, "Being alone makes my face all wet." I was just like, "Oh, oh that man. was that was so sad." He's <laughs> no. just a little baby. Yes, yeah, just like really, I don't know Calamon's like, Calamon's like. Wooness can sometimes get a bit much at times, um, but uh, personally, but this was not this wasn't one of those times. Like I, I, I he's I he's just a little this. marshmallow, and it's sad when he's sad. Yeah, I thought this was effectively, you know, yeah, like <laughs> touching or you know, just just awe. I don't know what the feeling is beyond just awe. So yeah, poor baby. Anyone, do we have any any more one last things? I guess if I have something I want to talk about regarding the uh, the imagery of uh, Beelzemon versus the rest of the Devas, but I can save that for another episode if everyone's tired. I'm not tired. I just if, if you want to go for it, go for it. But otherwise, we can save it for when we get a closer look at Beelzemon. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can save it for now. Okay. Well, we'll we'll get ready for it. I'm excited. I'm excited for what you have in store, though. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, Scrafty, if people want to send in some reader mail, where can they send them to? You can send any and all reader mail to diginovacast at gmail.com. That's D-I-G-I-Novacast at gmail.com. Or you can send them right to our Twitter, at diginovacast. Uh, Our DMs are always open, or you can just add us if you're too shy about that. Either way. Uh, we love to hear from our, our listeners, so if you want to send us anything to chew on or discuss, then uh, go right ahead. We love to do it. Anything to uh, Chuchi Darumon on. Yeah, you can settle the you can settle the Chuchi Darumon versus Suchi Darumon <laughs> uh, debut uh, for us. That took yeah. me a second. <laughs> I'm yeah, on, I'm on team... I wasn't just having like a weird like moment there. <laughs> like no, I, I was saying the name <laughs> of the Digimon in this episode. <laughs> Sorry, team. What team are you on? I'm on. I'm on team Mudman Mon. I'm on uh, team Mud Frigimon. Yeah, more chocolate Frigimon. Yeah, yeah. I'm on team chocolate Frigimon, actually. No, that's not. That's never been the name, as far as I'm aware. Well, it Digi- is. Digimon. It is. It is now. We ta- remember how we talked about like flavors of Frigimon in a past episode. That's <laughs> God, right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's my team now. I'm team uh, chocolate Frigimon. I mean, I'd like to be. Uh, but no, these these are in the middle of nowhere. Uh, they are definitely mud, <laughs> mud Frigimon. But maybe there is a saying, maybe there is saying a... chocolate can chocolate ice cream can't be in the middle of nowhere. Well, I don't think any ice cream can be in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's just gonna melt. So these are just these are just mud. The fridgy is kind of not needed, but you've got to you've got to respect where you come from. 
you know, so. <laughs> so you've got Team Mudmanmon, Team Chocolate Fridgemon, and Team Mudfridgemon. Choose a side. Vote now on your phones. Team Roadkillmon. Oh, <laughs> that's hard. No. <laughs> Team Orphan. No, okay, I'm going to stop that. Um, you're going yes. to stop right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. But yes, read them out. It's always fun. Uh, listen them out. Whatever you want to call it. It's fun. So Yeah, I, I realized right after I said that, that I said reader mail again. And you know what? We, we always Forget say it. it. We always say it. Forget we it. Always say it doesn't it. matter. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. So, Scrafty, where can we find you and what have you been up to this past week? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ScraftyDevil. Um, this week, I have been, I finished off No More Heroes 3. Um, haven't written any thoughts on it because I want to I kind of stew on it a bit more before I do so. But it is... Um, Quite the ending. I think it's going to piss a lot of people off, but I think it's personally excellent. The entire game just has this pervasive weirdness, which was kind of absent from the previous two No More Heroes games, but is like omnipresent in everything else Suda's ever done. So I'm glad to see that um, in this game more. Like, there are so many weird things that happen in this game that I can imagine the average person looking at and scratching their head because, like, a lot of people claim, like, compare stuff to David Lynch in, in an arbitrary, like, this is weird kind of way. But one thing that people don't talk about is the reason why David Lynch makes things weird is because he wants people to draw their own meaning from it. Like, the point of David Lynch's movies is he wants everyone to walk away from it and have their own interpretation of, of the images that they saw on screen. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of Suda's work is like that as well. He's trying to create feelings and impressions more than like narratives in some sense so there's stuff that happens and it seems weird but like the weirdness has a purpose because you can look at it and walk away from it and go okay this is what that meant to me and it's not random weirdness he has a purpose in making it it's just not a purpose he's going to tell anyone because that's that's how he operates like there's that famous david lynch interview where he he's talking about um i can't remember what movie it is. i think it might have been mulholland drive where he's like um Believe it or not, this is my most spiritual film. The interviewers oh, like, explained that, and he goes, "No." <laughs> yeah, I beat, love that. You beat, you beat me to it. I was gonna, I was gonna say, "Oh, uh, believe it or not, no one who has three is my most spiritual game." Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a razor head he's on about, but, but yeah, razor head, yeah, okay, that's that's it, yeah. Yeah, that's that's such a funny image, but also I I like that. I I wish more people were like that with their the things that they make, um, and also just the things other people make as well. It's like it's fun to have your own interpretations of things. As as we're yeah. kind of proving now with this podcast <laughs> and our takes on uh, Digimon children's cartoon series from twenty years ago, <laughs> so yeah, and like uh, yeah, that's just fun. It's it's weird to say, but there is a boss in No More Heroes three who was a man who went insane and made a cult of um, mystical assassins after going insane from watching the Marvel movie Thor <laughs> and. Not even Dark World or whatever, just, just, like, Thor. just the first one? Just Thor. Wow, that's... And, that's huh. Oh and my it God. is incredible. It is incredible. It, like, there's there's obviously a lot of meaning you can draw from that. <laughs> like, whether it's just trying to say something about, like, superhero movies as an industry, or whether it's just, like, a random, you know, decision he popped off about. But, like, it's, it's very interesting and, and hilarious either way. I think I mentioned this last week, but every single chapter of this game opens with um travis and his best friend bishop sitting on travis's couch and just discussing uh discussing takeshi miike films 
Yeah, right. And yeah, yeah. it legit feels like Suda just sat down with a friend of his and talked about it and then transcribed it because like these conversations are so esoteric. That sounds great. <laughs> it's it's great, yeah. And I think that like <laughs> saying Suda did a podcast <laughs> basically and then built a video <laughs> game around it. That's what it feels like sometimes. Like this feels like his such a, a joyful, gleeful passion project, and I'm so happy to see that because Travis Strikes Again, the last game that Suda made, it's a game basically about how working in AAA game development destroyed him and eroded his soul over time. Um, yeah. yeah. So having his first like big budget debut, or re-debut rather, um, be a game with so much energy and passion put into it makes me very happy. And I hope that the game is doing well. I hope that people are playing it and enjoying it because I want Suda to keep making games and not feel um, discouraged like he did before. Um, it is not a coincidence that one of the main villains of, of No More Heroes 3 shares the same last name as the former president of EA. That's good. Yeah. Now the guy now the guy at Unity trying yeah, to get who's, Unity who's to this... do software for the fucking military or whatever. Yeah, and oh, I'm, no, I'm right. not sure if there's a part in, in No More Heroes 3 which I think is alluding to that, but I can't be sure. That's a really recent story, so I'd be surprised. Or that was just fantastically or was, like Yeah, or it was um, just ridiculously prescient where Suda worked with this yeah. guy personally and then said, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy was making murder weapons in secret. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Knowing what No More Heroes is about, assassins and all that, it's probably yeah, I, I can see how that coincidence might come about, but God, that's really funny. Uh, that's re- that's really good. Yeah, the, yeah, Travis Strikes Again is really cool, um, and it's the main reason why I'm really well. I've got no more heroes on the way. I'm just waiting for the Titans edition to show up. So yeah, but I have to think about it. it sounds so cool. Agree. Yeah. I I haven't been like much of a No More Heroes person ever, but I I definitely kind of want to check it out now. Like from what I've heard about it from you. So yeah, I mean if um. Definitely play through one, two, and Travis Strikes again before you do three, because three is like, oh, of I, course, it makes me groan just saying that three is like the the end game, the Avengers end game of of No More Heroes, and that like you can watch, like play it and enjoy it on its own on a surface level, but you'll be missing out on so much like of the actual meat of it based on like what's been established in previous games. It's the series finale. Like in the, yeah. in the TV show sense, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there, there's like, a character who shows up midway through No More Heroes Three, who previously only appeared in um, the visual novel sections of Travis Strikes Again, so not even like the gameplay yeah. sections, like the 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 side story bits. Um, yeah, those are good. And I saw people on Twitter being like, "Who is this? Like, this is so confusing." It's like, well, you, maybe you shouldn't have skipped the game, Buckaroo. <laughs> well, maybe that game should have like played better because <laughs> uh, i think travis strikes again is really cool but also it plays like shit um you can just watch a little bit not... oh, yeah well yeah just... exactly yeah if, you, if you're not gonna play it at least experience it and you know yeah. don't get irate at you know a, a sequel to it introducing stuff from the that game but anyway um yeah so that was, that's what's that's what i've been mostly doing this past week otherwise i've just been continuing chipping away at uh, great ace attorney 2 with my girlfriend we just finished case three and um she had her mind blown like her jaw was hanging open at the end so i'm very excited to keep going because the case three of that game is like the acceleration point and it just it keeps speeding up from that point till the end uh i i need to finish case two i'm at like the the very end of case two and i need to like get around to finishing it like tonight or something because case two is still is still fantastic i think i think i love 
Case 2 more than most. Um, I, I have a lot of theories about Case 2, and if they are even, like, remotely right, then I think this will be, like, one of my favorite cases in an Ace Attorney game so far. It's really good, yeah. Like, there, there's some extremely um, good thematic and narrative meat in, in that case, but Case 3, I think, is maybe one of my favorite cases in all of Ace Attorney, because it's just so I'm tightly excited. constructed. Um, and then four and five kind of uh, wrap up the the overarching story of both games in a very very satisfying way. So I'm, I'm very excited. excited for you to get there. Thank you. How about you, Tom? What have you? Uh, where can we find you? And what have you been up to lately? Yeah, you can find me as always on uh, Twitter at Cold Man Hot. Um, I've been playing a couple of things lately. So one old, very old game which I haven't really played before, uh, not fully anyway. Uh, is Quake. Um, I, I picked up the remaster of that that they put out recently on... They, they put it out on like, everything. Uh, but I've picked up the Switch version, um, and it's really fun. Um, as an old age software shooter, well, they pretty much all were, up until Doom 3. <laughs> the... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I really like this. Um, I don't think it's as good as Doom was. I think some something about this doesn't quite have the same, like... Um, I don't know, not flavor, but like, there's just something about it that feels a bit missing, less like, and this this is a bit of a eye roll worthy phrase, but iconic about Quake is it's like the rocket. I love the rocket launcher in that game. Uh, that, that is a game about just barreling through those levels and owning people with a rocket launcher, and I appreciate it for that. Uh, but like the, the monster design is it, it's good, but not as good as Doom, but stuff like the Shamblers are like, oh, okay, that's a pretty cool enemy design. Also, F these guys and their lightning bolt attacks, <laughs> they're the worst. Um, it's really fun, though. It's got like the whole secrets and, you know, it's got good tight level design, and they've put like so many different expansions and stuff into this into this port, and they even did stuff like, hey, if you want to play play this uh yeah, this is the original version of quake but like with some touched up models and stuff like that and you can turn that stuff on and off um it's got gyro control on the switch version so obviously you're playing on a controller but there's a bit more precision there than you get on the other two versions which you know other than pc obviously um and that's really fun um it looks you know they did a good job touching up all the textures and all that um, and yeah, and they even do stuff like, oh, if you, do you want to play Quake 64? Like, that's here too. You can just download this and flick this switch and hey, suddenly you're playing Quake 64 instead. <laughs> like, it's it's really it's really cool. And it's on par with like the work they did on the Doom ports, the ones that did the Unity, um, which launched in an abysmal state, but they did a lot of work bringing them up to speed. And now they're probably the best versions of the game that you can get outside of just like, you know, getting the you know, the original versions on PC and running them on, like, you know, Chocolate Doom or whatever the hell it's called. I forget the name of it. Um, So, yeah, it's really, really, really fun. I'm enjoying it a hell of a lot. Looking forward to when they put more add-ons onto there. Um, I heard Quake 2 is apparently not not all that, but I'll probably check it out when it comes out because they've been releasing these ports. They've been remastering a classic game um, releasing it with a reasonable price point and doing like ongoing support. It's funny that like I will actually be more receptive to that than say if you want to try and make me spend fifty quid in it, <laughs> like and and you know barely do any work to it. I don't Nintendo. So um, who would have thought? Know. Yeah, who would have thought, right? 
Uh, also, I appreciate that they're still releasing these things on like Switch and that. I'm sure it's been planned for a while, but the Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda happened a while ago as well now at this point. So like at least almost a year ago at this point, I feel like. So, you know, that's cool. Keep doing that. That'd be, that'd be really nice if they could keep releasing the old games, at least, if not the new ones. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, I've been playing that. Um, I've also been playing the new WarioWare, um, which came out yesterday as of recording. Um, I It's a very short game, as WarioWare games tend to be, but that's not really the point. Like You, you obviously replay them. And this one has a ton of replay replayability. Um, there's some like weekly, like weekly challenge stuff, daily challenge stuff as well, like through the online component of the game, which is a really awesome. cool notion. That's a really cool thing for WarioWare games to have. That's like a perfect fit. So uh, I'm enjoying it. I'll, I'll probably keep checking in with it a lot for that. But going through the campaign, seeing most <laughs> campaign, <laughs> whatever, uh, like the main story or whatever, seeing all the all the the deep, thrilling, games. rich narrative campaign. <laughs> yes, the, the, there is a story, yes, but it's obviously, you know, if you played a WarioWare game before, you should know what to expect there. Um, actually, the, there is a little bit more story, I suppose, but not much. Not much. Um, the uh, the notion of this one is that you... Sorry, not the notion. The, the like gimmick or whatever of this one is that you're having... You've got all these different characters and you're controlling them on screen. So like rather than doing the thing where it's like this micro game involves pressing the A button at the right time or, you know, this micro game involves stirring this random character on the screen. It's like, no, you are Wario, you're on the screen and you need to do stuff in the like on screen environment you find yourself in. Um but also you're not just Wario, you can you might be Ashley, you might be Nine Volt, you might be um it's like about 13 or 14 or so characters overall. Uh, and they all play, you know, differently to one another. Some play similarly, but like, you know, there's some that can fly, there's some that can like walk and jump. Some of them can shoot shoot downwards, some of them shoot upwards, some of them can, some of them can only shoot right or left. Uh, some of them are stuck in place and some of them can move. It's like, it's quite interesting. And basically the point that they get you to once you've beaten all the story missions is that you... Are basically playing stuff on shuffle so you're, like, you're playing these games and you're just shuffling characters so like even if you end up playing the same game like about you know 10 games apart from one another you probably end up playing it with different characters and thus like it changes how you actually complete you know how you actually complete the micro games so it's really fun uh, the, the nintendo micro games that they have in there are really fun as well there's some really really super obscure like pre-video game nintendo stuff in there which is which is always fun uh because that's the kind of nintendo stuff i don't already know about you know i'm actually learning something through that so that's fun um, that's awesome. but there's also some like there's some really recent references as well like uh, are you are you, are you gonna get this or are you bothered or like uh, i don't know what i'm not in any rush so you can go ahead yeah go ahead yeah i mean there's like a breath of the wild micro game in there which is funny like that notion of having having something based on that in this is really funny, and then like another one is, um, there's another one as well which is like calling back to previous WarioWare games, uh, including a reference to like the GameCube one, which is hilarious because I don't think anyone other than like maybe Dan Riker ever talks about the GameCube one, but it's it it's really good. It's really good. So that's um, awesome. Yeah. The GameCube one is very neat. Like if you have people, yeah, yeah. Th- this one the feels very having people. This one feels very similar to that in that it feels like the first multiplayer one that they've really done since then. 
um, which was kind of like a multiplayer rejig of the GBA game, really. Um, but this is like a this feels like a fully fledged multiplayer thing, but it's still really good in single player. Um, but yeah, I think with friends, I'm excited to play this with like family and friends and stuff at some point soon. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 really cool. Um, I think it's cheaper. It's it's priced cheaper than most Switch games, like most first first party Switch games as well. So that's, oh, that's nice great. to see. So I won't have to pay a hundred bucks for it then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, okay, so most Switch games like your Mario's and Splatoon or whatever, Zelda remaster, or whatever, like fifty fifty pounds or so. This was only thirty or thirty five or something. So it's priced around the same level as like what they released like the Crash Bandicoot or the or the Tony Hawk remasters and stuff like that. So that kind of budget price. So that's that's nice. That's always nice to see. Uh but yeah, no I'm enjoying that. But that's all all I've been doing lately. So uh Sloan, where can we find you and what have you been up to as of late? You can find me at Sloan Rosette. I played and beat Life is Strange True Colors. I don't think that's a very good game. Or if it, oh, no. or it could be a good game if it wasn't a Life is Strange game. Tell us more. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I'm interested. It feels like, kind of like Deck Nine presents Life is Strange as opposed to Life is Strange, and it's just. So you they, mean like before the storm? Yeah, I mean I only played like the first episode of Before the Storm. Um, parts of it are good. Like there's some like good writing. There's a part where they just completely like upend and like turn it into an RPG for a little bit, which is actually very fun. And if like the whole game was instead like based around that, I would probably like it. But they make like the mystery way too big. Like they focus on the macro as opposed to the micro. There's some like very goofy like story choices all scattered throughout. Like the the gameplay of um like empathy powers, I don't think like should ever be done because I don't think people can just get it right, like, in general. Like, I just think there is too much, like, room for a strange disconnect between, like, gameplay and narrative, and then your character sort of becomes a sociopath by by proxy. <laughs> is it a thing where the, the power in this one is, like, she can, like, alter people's memories or whatever? Uh, not no, memories, it's, sorry, so emotions. You can, emotions. Yeah, so you can um sort of, like, see people's emotions and, like, you work to, like, sort of, like, help them or, like... But then it's, like, also, like, you use it to, like... Get, you can, like, find out, like, to get stuff you want. Because, like, it's also, like, a mind-reading thing in a way. Like, you read their hearts or whatever, and you find out, like, what they're thinking, like, about, like, the strong emotion they're feeling. And then there's just the part where, like, you can do a thing with this power, and it's, like, you can either do it or not do it, and I didn't do it, because I'm like, this feels kind of messed up. And then, like, the, the, the character's journal, Alex's journal, she's like, yeah, like, I don't think I could I could have done that. I don't think that's right. And then one episode later, one chapter later, you have that choice, but it's either you do this thing that is is like the bad thing, or you use your power that way. And I'm like, there's no, there's no good option here. Like, there's like you either do this thing <laughs> that like your character wouldn't do, or you just become a sociopath. Okay. And it's there's some there's some very good parts in the last episode in terms of story, and I wish like it was just all entirely okay. that. Just I just as a life is strange game, like this is very bad. Okay, I wonder if this is going to be one of these things where like kind of like. Uh, that game 12 minutes that came out recently where it's like the critical reception to it is like good to like eh. 
but the actual like when people start playing it and they're like hang on this was written by maniacs <laughs> this is I was, don't know was the critical reception of 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 Thomas uh, that good like i legit don't know it was, know. It was like 7.5 i think it's got like a 77 on metacritic or something like that okay yeah this has like an 84 on metacritic and i no offense yeah. i don't understand it edge edge give um 12 minutes a seven which is funny to me um, it's the same score they give uh, No More Heroes free for what it, for what it is worth, Scrafty. So just just more more that over. Um, See, you know the what? Incest, I can... The incest hypnotism game is as good as No More Heroes three. See, that, that's the thing <laughs> is that I can I can understand giving No More Heroes three a seven. I think that's actually a pretty fair score, even if it's not what I would give it. Um, sure. Yeah. But yeah, I know I I understand what you mean. Yeah, no, no, I say, like, uh, yeah, I see. Also, for what's like worth, it... uh, Sudo, Sudo could write, Sudo could make that concept of 12 minutes <laughs> probably work better than they did, even if, <laughs> <laughs> even if it's, even if okay, it's I a terrible say, though, idea. Because, Tom, you beat, you played AI, the Somnium Files, right? I did, yes. Okay, so Love I'm not going to mention the specific moment, but there is a, a, a very key plot element in one of the roots in AI, the Somnium Files that is done in Life is Strange True Colors, but AI the Somnium Files, the game with the horny detective who goes super like Saiyan when he hears about porno magazines, is done far better than this game ever could have done it. <laughs> okay. And in my most like stunning indictment of this video game, I said in a Discord, I would rather watch uh, Final Fantasy The Spirits Within five times, once for each chapter of this video game. And I stand by that. Damn, that's see that actually makes me want to play it more because a lot like most people that I know and 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 trust who don't have a connection to the Life is Strange series love this game and give it give it like great reviews. So I'm I'm very intrigued to to see how I feel about it. I can't even say like it's worth playing if you want to find out. Watch a playthrough or something. I don't know. Don't spend your money on this. That's I feel very rude like saying that just because like I don't I'm. You know, y'all know me. I don't like to 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 bum on stuff like this, but gosh, <laughs> sure. good golly, gosh, this game, uh, I I it just disappointing. It feels like it feels like they just sort of like got so many fundamental things wrong of like why, at least I and I feel like a number of other people like Life is Strange, and then they just kept going with it, and it's just like no, 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 keep go back, like you you have some some good ideas in your foundation there, but you, you're just going in the, the weirdest, worst directions. Hmm. That's a shame. Knowing how much you like that series. I do think it's interesting that you mentioned about how this feels like the Deck Nine Life is Strange thing, because, I mean, that is what the series is now. Like, <laughs> you know, Don't Nod has moved on, um, or seems like they sure have anyway. Um, and... There was some mixed. I've seen some mixed reactions to like their stuff that they've done since then. Uh, tell me why. Seems like it's got a. I don't know. Like, tell me why his reception seemed like it was just sort of like okay. Um, I'm not twin gotta, mirror I, game they, they made, gave that for but, free, so I got to check that out at some point. Yeah, and that uh, the twin mirror game which they made as well seems like it. it I heard that wasn't good. Destroyed, like in reviews and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then Vampire, which seems like it was okay, but obviously it's a very different game. <laughs> yeah, so... I think what what disappointed me about Vampire is that it's it's got one of the coolest like gameplay premises I've ever seen in a game, and that's um, 
we made an RPG full of these this cool cast of side characters, but the supporting cast is also your resource. Yeah, you can, you can, that's neat. You can munch on them to get stronger, but then, you know, they're gone. You, you can't hang out with them. You can't see what they're they're up to. Um, and they're finite, too. Like, obviously, you can't produce more townspeople. So once you've munched on all of them, like, that's it. You've hit your hard cap. Yeah, I, I genuinely want to try uh, Vampire, Vampire, whatever. I'm going to call it Vampire because, Vamp- as sure. we noted with the, with the X-Ross thing earlier like my brain is fundamentally broken when it comes to to saying things correctly like that seems fascinating to me like and it's like it's so different like i really like remember me even though like ultimately like it's i think like i only just barely didn't finish it but like so much of that is so fascinating and weird and like the setting is fantastic like life is strange is such like a a a neat game even though like again like i don't think even the first life is strange game is perfect there episode five of that game Absolutely sucks. I think last episode of that game uh, reeks. Uh, Life Strange Two is very good all throughout, but just, I don't, uh, Deck Nine like don't hurt me. You hurt me like this. If anyone from Deck Nine is listening, I'm very sorry about being such a bummer about your game. Uh, don't make a Digimon game. <laughs> I I don't I think you need to worry about that. I just think it's so interesting. Like I know you said not to play it, but I feel like I kind of have to because you're the only person that I know who yeah, just watch it. Just watch this... it. Just what? Sorry, just watch that. Yeah, really just, the just same watch experience, it. Though, like that's not the way that these like not just not pretentious, but that that's not the way these games are meant to be experienced. Like, yeah, there's, if I'm watching there's a, a playthrough. Yeah. If I'm watching a playthrough, yeah, yet, not only do I not get to make the choices myself, but I also don't get to hear the music, which is you know a pretty big part of the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually will say, like, just short of, like, the whole, um, Alex deciding to play Creep by Radiohead on her acoustic guitar after her brother dies. That's not a spoiler, by the way. Like, that's been featured, like, or no, it's, it's before her brother dies, but still, like, it's been featured. Like, it's not a spoiler. She plays, and it's, I, I had this, like, I, I saw that, and I, it, I started laughing because it felt like, um, just like, like a Juno hamburger phone thing of something that's, like, so indie for the sake of being indie. Where it's like, you know, like, it's like, it's just like, it's just like, like, Creep by Radiohead isn't indie, but like, they're putting it in like this, like, big air quote, like, indie game. And like, to, for what's worth, like, the other, like, mu- licensed music, I actually like it. I, I like a lot of the soundtrack. Except they have Kings of Leon, which I'm like, eh, whatever on, but the rest of the soundtrack is pretty good. I don't know, that, I don't think that that sounds any more or less pretentious than um, the first Life is Strange starting with American Girl. <laughs> No, that's good. Don't at me. That's very good. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's the same. Wait, no, it's not. Creep, no, creep is Wait. way different. Creep is too mainstream, though. I you tell me American Girl isn't mainstream. There was a period of time where you could not walk into a coffee shop in North America without hearing that song. No, but creep is creep is way bigger. It's Radiohead. You can't tell me that American Girl is <laughs> You're getting, is on the level you know, of Creep by Radiohead. You're getting awfully defensive about American Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I like that song, okay? I think I it's like a nice song. Head, so I, what? <laughs> I'm not saying I mean, you're wrong. I'm just saying it's not. An, it's you don't put. You can't put that in your indie <laughs> game for an indie acoustic guitar moment. It's it's not indie at this point. I'm well, maybe it wasn't supposed to be indie. Maybe maybe the reason she was playing is because it's a well known song. Well, okay. Well, there you go. Then I don't think that I don't think you need to play creep. I just don't think you need to, you have your character show that. Oh no, I need to play creep by Radiohead. Okay, look. American Meanwhile, Girl I'm is a good here. song. The soundtrack to Life is Strange 1 is very good. 
Meanwhile, I'm over here thinking you're talking about the. Uh, I got confused on what you're talking about. Um, the Estelle song. Yeah, it's the Estelle <laughs> song. The American girls. American, uh, American boy. boys. American boys. American boy. Yeah, with Kanye West. Okay. Oh, oh, you mean that? You mean the uh, the Fortnite song? <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that. Day you remind me. <sighs> um, you stuck in your anyway. head now. Uh, have you seen? A com- uh, um, neither of you brought it up yet, so I'm guessing you haven't seen it. Have you seen the uh, what it looks like when you uh, stream that game with the copyrighted music turned off? Yes, I have the 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 silent disco, the weird like it, what? Oh, basketball, I look at basketball shoes, like audio, whatever. Yeah, like it's so weird because Life is Strange Two at least put generic music over top of those scenes, like the original music. It seems like um, True Colors just cuts it out entirely. That's all. See, I had the thought last night when I was playing, and I'm like, you know what would like make all of like these moments like really unfitting but great by virtue? Like, I just want to mod the game to put um like uh, lockdown that like giant bomb always use for the live streams. Like, I want to put that in, <laughs> yeah. just because it'll be so weird and like perfect. But it's like, I... man, like uh... I'm picking up waypoint now. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm into that idea. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and mod that. I'll I'll let everyone know how it goes. Um. Okay. Are we done? I think. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> just, I think we're done. Well, the conversation's gone. Uh, just that's a video game, I guess. Anyways, Digimon. Next week we're covering episodes twenty and twenty nine. We're finally gonna see a familiarish face. I think, I guess oh, familiarish really? is the right way of putting it. I do not remember so. I'll, I'll, I'm you know who it is. We've been talking about this moment for weeks. I don't remember. My memory's god awful. Um, okay, well, I guess Tom will find out next week who we see. Yes. Me and me and Scrafty already know, but Tom will be surprised. Yes. So this was the Novacast, and thank you for listening. Bye bye, everyone. Thank you, everyone.